We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad is taking over. We have come to take our country back. He also civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Over of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its not to travel abroad. It struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Joe Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you an now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island today declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm Rich James Madison, and we got a little bit of a fun story to start the day off with. I love when a corrupt leader steps down. Who doesn't? And, you know, I'm a big Count Dankula fan, so I have my opinions of this withered old crow. And apparently, so does a certain former tangerine that used to sit in the White House. And we'll get into his comedy response, and we'll get into this first, though. And again, welcome to the show. Let me pause this video and rewind so we can check out what she has to say you know what's funny about these sign language people i never believe them first you have that guy who uh 
don't remember his name, but his brother went on the Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking about how his how his uh, his brother got arrested because he went on like this. They tried to get his brother to be arrested because he went on a, a TV show or, or no no he went to Nelson Mandela's funeral and he was Obama's fucking signer. Like sign language interpreter, but he made the whole thing up. And my thing with the sign language people is, why do they always gotta make like the stupidest fucking faces? Is that like adding like tone? So like you know you're signing shit, you have to like make like the fucking angry face to go with it, so they know you're saying, "Hey buddy, I want to fuck you up," so they know you're not saying it in, like a sensual way. You can make a like, stupid fucking face. I don't know, but I never believe them. Let me set out as best as I can my reasons. My reasons. First, though I know it's to see it as such, this decision is not a reaction to short-term pressures. Of course, there are difficult issues confronting the government just now, but when is that ever not the case? I have spent almost three decades in frontline politics, a decade and a half on the top or second top rung of government. When it comes to navigating choppy waters, resolving seemingly intractable issues, or soldiering on when walking away... You have to love how, how the caption here says, This is not a reaction to short-term pressures. I'm totally not buckling to issues economically speaking in my country. And I'm totally not buckling to the absolute rebellion to my very pro-censorship regime in any way. I'm just resigning after, like, almost nine nine straight years of being in in high-ranking politics. Okay, buddy. Just on a whim, right? It's kind of like how Fauci was like, you know, I've been in this position since 68, and I really think now, now that all these investigations are happening, it's a good time to retire. Not that they're related or anything. I'm just, I'm just retiring. Uh-huh. 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 It would be the simpler option. I have plenty of experience to draw on. So if this was just a question of my ability or my resilience to get through the latest period of pressure, I wouldn't be standing here today. But it's not. The sound language chick is not saying anything, right? Like, like I, I don't know. It looks so made up to me. I know ASL is a real thing. I, 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 I know people who rely on sign language to communicate with people, but... Never, they never make these stupid fucking faces, in my experience. Maybe it's just these CV folk. This decision comes from a deeper and longer-term assessment. I know it might seem sudden, but I have been wrestling with it, albeit with oscillating levels of intensity for some weeks. Essentially, I've been trying to answer two questions. Is carrying on right for me? And more importantly, is me carrying on right for the country, for my party, and for the independence cause no. I have devoted my life to? No, I don't know, I understand why some will automatically answer yes to that second question. Mm. But in truth, I have been having to work harder in recent times to convince myself that the answer to either of them, when examined deeply, is yes. And I've reached the difficult conclusion that it's not. Yes, because uh, your overwhelming hordes of admiring fans. But you know what? Someone else will get me on the criticism front. Let's hop into this story over here. Click over here. Uh, Sky News Australia. I personally will like the Sky News Australia, but you know I like Sky News in general. Center high factuality from seven hours ago. That's when we're going to go with. 
over here at the left from six hour, hours ago. Now, I know what my policy is regardless of left, right, or center. The newest high factual, uh, factuality article is the one I'm going with, but this one is openly saying owned by the government, and I'm not going to use that source. I'm not going to use any Ministry of Truth source. Did that make any sense to you? Government Department for Digital Culture, for Digital Culture and Sports. So I just don't, you know, give a whole government outlet for your news. I'm, I'm just going to bypass it. So we're going to go right over here to the Pittsburgh Gazette for our article to start this one off with, shall we? So over here, Pittsburgh Gazette, high factuality, center bias. Scottish leader Nicola Sturgeon quits with independence goal Amet. Amet. Hmm. New word for me. Maybe I'm just a lit by... Danica Kirka, London. Scottish leader Nicola Sturgeon said Wednesday that she plans to step down after more than eight years in office amid criticisms after her drive to expand transgender rights, transgender rights, and her strategy for achieving independence from the United Kingdom. Damn, based on one hand, truny on the other. Sturgeon made the surprise announcement during the news conference at the official residence in Edinburgh, Brute House, Boot House, saying the decision wasn't in response to, quote, last period pressure, yeah, plummeting approval ratings, but she added that part of serving well, uh, uh, well was knowing when to make way for someone else. Well, you know what, base, at least you know when to fuck off when you're... Welcome has all but worn out. Quote, In my head and in my heart, I know that it is time now. She said, quote, That it's right for me, for my party, and my country. I, 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 I know she's a Scot, but I don't respect her. So if you want to show disrespect for anyone who's Irish or Scottish, you give them a British accent. I use both, because I don't know which one's more offensive to them. Miss Sturgeon, 52 years old has led Scotland since 2014. When Scots narrowly voted to remain part of the United Kingdom while the referendum was billed as a once-in-a-generation decision on independence, Sturgeon and her Scottish National Party ugh, have pushed for a new vote, arguing that Britain's depart uh, departure from the European Union had changed the ground rules. Again, here's my thing. I know on my vaguely, since I'm vaguely right-wing here, the unpopular opinion is, uh, you know, to, to be uh, for Brexit. But I'm all for Brexit, and here's why. Let that bitch collapse. I don't care if all of Europe collapses and plummets into an eternal darkness. I really don't. I know it's kind of dark and kind of fucked up. I'm America first at all times and always. And part of that America first all times and always is just... A general admiration for watching the British just fucking turn over on itself. And I like watching the British Empire just kind of come to an end, you know? It's old, the days of empires have collapsed, now make way for the American Empire to unfold. Yucks entitled only. But, but, I think, uh, I, I think this is good. Ireland, Scotland, all these countries that were under the British United Kingdom front... If you can't succeed on your own, then you don't deserve to exist. Survival of the fittest, even on a national spectrum. 
That's how you get these countries. That's how you get countries get, maintain like strong economies and shit. Is you allow countries that can't support themselves to fold in on themselves, and or allow the people of those countries to govern themselves however they see fit without an overarching leader. And this comes from a stance that's firmly, like I stand firmly against World Economic Forum, NATO, EU, UN, all these boys clubs, because they all end up working towards a one-world government type system. And I just stand against it on all fronts. The UK government has refused to allow a second referendum. Uh, duh. The first female leader of Scotland's development. Yeah, of course. You're fucking asking Parliament. Uh, dear, uh, dear UK, uh, do you want to be smaller and less powerful? What the fuck did you expect them to say? Yes. The first female leader of Scotland's developed government. It's a bit presumptuous of you, kind of up your own ass, but all right. The surgeon won praise for her claim for her calm, measured public communications during the pandemic. A contrast to the erratic messaging from then-Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And you want to give them some credit here? Boris Johnson was like, a, we're not going to do a lockdown. That makes no sense. He was originally more based on the pandemic than Trump was. But then he got COVID, and his duck, his, his dick fell off between his legs, and he immediately became, like, super-duper mask-mandate-y, locked, pro-lockdowns, pandemic measures, vaccine mandates. Like, he went full hog on that bitch. And then he started canoodling with the World Economic Forum a whole lot more as time went on. So I was like, oh, yeah. Ugh. She led her party to dominance in Scottish politics, but leaves office with the goal of her political life Independence unfulfilled. Lull. Good. Have fun. Take that shit to the grave with you. Ms. Surgeon said she planned to remain in office until the SNP elects the, a new leader. Scotland is part of the UK, but, like Wales and Northern Ireland, has its own semi-autonomous government with broad powers. Oh, god damn. That was loud as hell. <clears throat> With broad powers over areas including healthcare, the surgeon's announcement caught political observers by surprise amid her staunch support for both independence and legislation that would make it easier for people in Scotland to legally change genders. Just two weeks ago, she scoffed at resignation rumors, saying she still had plenty in the tank. Mm. Quote, this is, a, this is as sudden as Jitika Arden? Geez, tweets SNP lawmakers Augustus McNeil, referring to legislation last month of New Zealand's Prime Minister. Resignation of last month of New Zealand's Prime Minister. Again, she was like sobbing when she resigned. That bitch was authoritarian as hell. Again, without much proof to go off of this with any like, you know, mainstream source to back me up, of course. Again, I think this all ties into a lot of the Great Reset becoming a, largely a great retreat as a lot of their plans are falling and folding in on themselves. And a lot of these leaders in all these European countries and a lot of these, you know, Middle Eastern countries so on and so forth are slowly coming to the World Economic Forum. And just as they were slowly coming into it, now they're starting to see people leave it. Or people are starting to be pushed out by it. You know, the in inner moving movements of this organization are a mystery to pretty much everyone. And if it's not to you, homie, how did you get a membership access? So, full disclosure, if I was doing any jokes or rants, they're completely out of my head. Because I can't 
turn off the screen grab. Otherwise, I'll lose all the recording I got right now. I just got off the phone. Uh, I'm back, basically. Sorry if I was in the middle of something. <clears throat> As we were. For such support for both independence and legislation that would make it easier for people in Scotland to legally change genders. Just two weeks ago, she scoffed at resignation rumors, staying, saying she still had, quote, plenty in the tank. I did read this part, didn't I? Last month, he's the Prime Minister. Yep, okay, okay. Ms. Surgeon came under pressure in recent weeks after she pushed gender recognition bill, pushed the gender recognition bill through the Scottish Parliament over the ob- over the objections of some members of her own party that raised concerns that Miss Surgeon's position, her Sturgeon's position on transgender rights could undermine support for independence, the SNP's overarching goal. Joanna Cherry. An SNP member of Parliament who opposes the new gender law. What a f- in turf. <coughs> Actually, uh, no joke. I almost bought some turf merch. I I I I know it sounds fucking dorky. Roll your eyes down. Vote vote me. Absolutely fair. But it had a real cool fucking design on it. Anything with Emma Goodwin on it's gonna get my attention. Anyway, <coughs> we must re a uh, member of uh said the uh. Resignation provided an opportunity for the party. Quote, we must restore the SNP's traditional and uh, tradition of internal party democracy, open respectful debate of intellectual rigor, and we must also put the welfare of everyone living in Scotland back at the hearts of our endeavors, Ms. Cherry said on Twitter. Ms. Sturgeon said she had been wrestling with whether or not it was time to step down for weeks. She said she wasn't re- uh, resigning because of recent criticism, though she acknowledged that the, quote, physical and mental impact of the job had taken their toll. After eight years, suddenly, suddenly, it's all so, so much. But as soon as a little bit of criticism comes my way, oh no, the pressures of my job are too much. I can't handle being told bad things about me recently and then handling all these criticisms. I must step down. But my mental health is why, not because of the criticisms. Okay, almost nine years in office. Weird time to have some mental issues, but alrighty then. The physical and mental impact of the job of the job had taken their toll. Miss uh, Sturgeon let Scotland through the coronavirus pandemic and guided her party during three UK-wide elections and two Scottish elections. Well, you know, I imagine the pandemic response had a lot to do with why they want you out. Quote, forgive the noise, I live by a military airbase. Quote, <laughs> just remind, remembered we uh, pretended to shoot down uh, a UFO the other day. Now I'm hearing plans overhead and I'm like, hmm, what's outside my window? Quote, if the question is, can I battle for battle on one for another few months, on for another few months, then the answer is yes, of course I can, she said. But if the question is, can I give this job everything it demands and deserves for another year, let alone for the remainder of this parliamentary term, 
give it every ounce of energy that it needs in the way that I have strived to do every day for the last eight years? The answer, honestly, is different. So, no. Why don't you just say no? No? Again, I keep joking you can't handle the word no, but I'm realizing you can't even say it. The surgeon weathered a period of scandal after her predecessor and former mentor, Alex Slamond, was tried and acquitted in 2020 for charges of sexual assault and attempted rape. Ooh, a parliamentary investigation found that Miss Sturgeon had misled lawmakers about, ooh, about what she knew, though she was cleared of major wrongdoing, major wrongdoing. See, I'm not completely cued in on this. Again, like, I have a a, a fan of Count Dinky understanding and seeing her comments around his pug video to form my opinion of her. This is, that's interesting. Ooh, juicy. I should look into European politics a little bit more. Cue any European audience going, no... A parliamentary investigation found that Miss Sturgeon had misled lawmakers about what she knew, though she was cleared of major wrongdoing in 2021. Mr. Uh, Miss Salmon opened a rift in the independence movement by quitting the SNP of form to form a rival party, ALBA. They have little ALBA hats. For for the few for the past few months. Much of Miss Sturgeon's energy. So yeah, Mister. Uh, okay. Okay. The past few months, Miss Much of Mrs. Sturgeon's energy has been focused on a re <clears throat> renewed drive for independence. Pardon me. A renewed drive for independence and the gender recognition bill which would allow people aged 16 and older in Scotland to change gender designations and on identity documents by self-declaration, removing need for medical diagnosis of gender dysphoria. Interesting. So, but does that, how does that revolve around, does that, uh, I guess my direct thought is, does this uh, have any impact on allowing 16-year-olds, pretty much allowing minors to have access to the surgeries? That's where my uh, alarm concern comes in. And now I'm fully aware that having it on uh, like government documents, like driver's licenses and stuff, can have detrimental impacts. Where like, let's say you go to the hospital and the doctor looks at your ID and it says male, but you're female, so you end up getting treated. Uh, you know, differently than, than you should be treated because your ID says male. I mean, you should be treated like a female. Sure, sure. Um, that's just interesting. I guess here it's just maybe the conversation is a little bit further along the, the track because now we have politicians straight up arguing for schools to be okayed for allowing and aiding kids in the beginning of the transition program without telling the parents. And over here they're like, I want you to identify as a potato on my driver's license. Ha ha. Okay. I mean, I low-key, low-key. I kind of want that on mine so I can have my uh, my uh, gender be, like, the cringiest shit. Like, identify as Rothbardian. Uh, gen- my gender is Kate Hudson. You know, jokes like that. Uh, Rafflecopter is my gender. Pronouns are Ra and Full. 
which would allow people age 16 and older in Scotland to change the gender designations on identity documents by self-declaration, removing the need for a medical diagnosis of gender dysphoria. That's how you know they're not as far along as we are here. They still use the word, they still use the phrase gender dysphoria. That's like a, a, a fucking burn at the stake slur these days. Hailed as a landmark by transgender rights activists, the legislation faced opposition from some SNP members who said it ignored the need to protect single-sex spaces for women such... Wow, yeah, this is very 2016. Such as domestic violence shelters and rape crisis centers. Criticism of the bill increased after reports that a convicted rapist was being held in a woman's prison in Scotland while transitioning. God damn. The inmate was transferred to a to a men's prison after being a, being assessed by prison authorities. While the Scottish Parliament approved the legislation, it has been blocked by British government because it would present problems for authorities in other parts of the UK where the medical diagnosis is needed before individuals can transition for legal purposes. Parliament says no. <laughs> the surgeons had vowed, vowed, to take the British government to court arguing that the Prime Minister Rishi Sanak's administration had made a, quote, profound mistake by vetoing the legislation, the surgeon also came under fire for saying she would make the next Scottish Parliament election a de facto re referendum on independence after the government in Westminster refused to sanction the new vote on Scotland's links to the UK. Do you ever think that, like, goofy world economic bitches like this are put there to say, like, one good thing and then say, like, a billion psycho things? Like, yes! Scotland independence, which is like everyone's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Then she's like, hormones for kids. Oh, whoa, wait, huh? fucking, what did this bitch just say? You know what I mean? Like, is it like, uh, like, like that's what I think QAnon was. Like, like from the very beginning, I'm like, man, this shit's a psyop. And dude, for, for go watch my earlier content. I was shitting on QAnon way more back when they were more prominent. Hated that shit, but now it's like dead and gone. So I'm like, yay. Well, at least for now, watching them do a big resurgence and then the feds push it to come back. But I always thought that's like because you know, like 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 the Q crowd, right? They they say shit where it's like on one hand they're like, well, there's a lot of very powerful uh, elites who are you know in charge of very you know intricate child sex trafficking rings and they do nefarious deals behind the behind the scenes that you know, would overall be very detrimental to humankind and, and it needs to be stopped. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's very reasonable, understandable. That's what you guys are about. Okay, then I can get behind, behind that. And then on the other hand, they're like, also, like, Donald Trump is, like, the fucking Jesus reincarnated and he is, like, the head of this underground secret organization that is, like, elite and saving these children. In two more weeks, Donald Trump will cure all cancer be back in the White House. And then I, you know, they've totally lost me at that point. And it's like, are are you guys here on purpose to say like all the most based shit, and then all the most ludicrous shit, so the base shit gets discredited as like nonsense spouted by fucking lunatics? Like I swear, that's what like all these independence people, right? Like they all have World Economic Forum business cards, and then they all go, "We need independence," and it's like, yeah. Then they're like, stupid fucking socialist fucking ESG policies and and then it's like oh oh no what happened
just a thought, you know, like, like it's esoteric, probably not going anywhere, but still, it's like, you, you know, are you guys purposely here to be, like, fucking pied? Pardon me real quick. Defecto referendum on independence after the government in Westminster refused to sanction the new vote on Scotland's links to the UK. The party is set to hold a conference on the strategy next month with the member saying it won't, it won't work, and others criticizing Miss Sturgeon for waiting too long to press ahead with independence. Yeah, because independence was like a vehicle, she skin suit, and charged ahead with her woke ideology, and clearly it's starting to backfire, thank God. It seems like a wide uh, backfire across the board is taking place. Brownwin, Brownwin Maddox, kind of a cool name. At least the last one. Anybody remember that old pat, uh, podcast guy Maddox and Dick Masterson? Man, Maddox turned out to be such a pussy. Anyway, chief executive of the Chettenham House think tank said Miss Sturgeon had made her mark, being both influential and divisive. But she failed to secure the ultimate prize. Quote. She's been more successful in one way of being a figurehead leading her party to the lead, leading Scottish government, but she has failed to do the one thing she really set out to do, which is to secure independence, Miss Maddox said. Based. First published February 15, 2023 at 1.15.55 p.m. over here at... The Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and this croony bitch is out. And honestly, when I saw her pictures, my first thought was, "I'm like, damn, that bitch from Germany again. She lost some weight. Nope, entirely different people. I guess they're growing a lab somewhere. Why do they all look like Klaus Schwab a little bit? Like, are these his kids? This is how he has so many members. They're all like secretly his little bastard kids. Anyway, let's move over here to what has like him or not." Either the fucking God Emperor or Orange Judas, the man probably is going to say some funny shit. And I purposely didn't read this article to have first-hand experience with you. Let's check it out. Trump celebrates Scottish leader's plans to resign. Good riddance. Sturgeon says she will step down from her role as Scotland's first uh, first minister. She has been in in uh, in the job for just over a year. Mm. She says she is stepping down because she's... Hold on, let me turn this off real quick. That's my... Hold on. Sorry about that. That's my uh, my aquarium sponge filter going. I just was like, what's that noise behind me? Uh, um. She says she is stepping down because it's the right thing to do for the country. She said she will continue to work... For the betterment of Scotland. Now scroll down here. You know, we go and click here. Nine hours ago, Trump blasts high factuality from nine hours ago at the Independent. Over here, you know, you got what you got. Eight hours ago for the right, uh, mixed factuality. So we'll go over here in the middle. We got Sky News. Eight hours ago, center, high factuality, and like I said, I already like Sky News, so... I'm not sure why Sky News... Okay, so I think Sky News Australia has a mixed factuality rating because they pushed back on a lot of the pandemic bullshit. So, that may have fucked with their rating a little bit. But let's get into this, shall we? Donald Trump bid good riddance to failed woke extremist. 
Nicola Sturgeon after resignation. Let's get into it. Now, this is something, you know what? Again, it's unpopular, apparently, but I don't give a fuck. I want Trump to do well. And he'll come out and say some really stupid shit, but then he'll turn around and be like, look, these big tech companies, they need to be stopped. And you know what? Not only did they fucking come after you, but they came after me. Now, I'm personally... He's even admitted that shit, which is funny, because he's like, look, I talked about going after them, and honestly, I was willing to negotiate with them, but after what they did to me, I want them dealt with. It's like, okay, well, you know what? And he's like, I'm also going to introduce Schedule F and fire 55,000 government employees in the first six months. It's like, well, will he? Probably not. If I had to bet, it's like 80% no to 20% yes, right? But the thing is, he's the only one saying the shit I like to hear, so... I want him to do well. I want him to deliver, right? That's the thing. I don't get why I get shit for it. It's like, I want him to deliver on the shit he says he's going to do. Because let's face it, he says the best shit. It's just he doesn't deliver on it. Donald Trump bids good riddance. Let's go into it. From Sky News. The first minister confirmed she would stay in the post until somebody else takes over and remains as MSP until at least the next Holy Royd. Holoroid election by Sophie Morris, Wednesday, the 15th of February, 2023. Ooh, at 11.33 from the UK. But yeah, Trump's been calling out a lot. Trump was like talking about fucking pink-haired feminists and septum-pierced feminists and they're talking about how these communists are in our schools and these Marxists are invading our our, our workplaces. I'm like, oh, right. God damn. Then you came out and started blasting the ESG. It's like, okay. All right, cool. And he was getting some shit for this, but he made a joke. But he's like, you know what? Maybe we should bring back uh, the public, bring back guillotines for corrupt politicians. I'm like, oh, shit. Of course, I already threw a fit about that, but I'm over here. I'm like, hmm, it's kind of... It's kind of spicy. Okay, I fuck with that. All right. I mean, I'm. I know he's not gonna do it. It's a. It's the whole in whole context is a joke, but <laughs> I like to hear it though. It's funny, based funny based, but also funny. Former U.S. President Donald Trump has bid good riddance to Scotland's first minister Nicola Sturgeon, following her shock. Oh. <gasps> resignation announcement, referring to Ms. Sturgeon as a failed woke extremist. He also accused the outgoing leader of the Scottish National Party of fighting him over his golf courses in Scotland, and there's the real grievance. A very petty man, but he's a New York businessman who loves Israel. What do you expect out of him? Criticizing, criticizing, her government's controversial gender reforms, which have sparked a major row in recent weeks. Major Mr. Trump, Major Trump, Mr. Trump insisted that the people of Scotland would quote much better would be much better off without Miss Sturgeon in the top job. Good riddance to the failed woke Nicola Sturgeon of Scotland, he said in a statement. This crazy leftist symbolizes everything wrong with identity politics. Sturgeon thought it was okay to put a biological man... Have you read about this? Have you seen this, folks? It's disgusting. Honestly, disgusting. Sturgeon thought it was okay to put a biological man in a woman's prison. And if that wasn't bad enough, Sturgeon fought for a gender recognition reform bill... 
that would have allowed 16-year-old children to change their gender without medical advice. And I built... <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Shit, I caught my headphones on my mic. And I built the greatest golf properties in the world in Scotland. But she fought me all the way, making my job much more difficult. <laughs> the wonderful people of Scotland are much better out, be better off, better off, without Sturgeon in office. The S&P leader made the shock right... Ah, oh, God, I fucked my headphones. Give me one second. I caught... So I have a, a boomstick I had to recently adjust because uh, I moved my desk around, so I found a new place, and I just caught the cord on a corner of it. Anyway, the S&P leader made the shock re resignation during the press conference in Edinburgh at her office, at her official residence, Boot Hotel. Butte House? Butte House, sorry. The 52-year-old said it, it had been, quote, the very best job in the world, and one that was, quote, sustained and inspired me in good times and in the toughest hours of my toughest days. About as projected as a YouTube apology video. But Miss Surgeon said she believed part of the serving well would be, <laughs> would be to know almost instinctively when its time is right. Okay. To step down, adding, quote, In my head and in my heart, I know that the time is now, that it is right for me and my party and for the country. Bon voyage, pinko bitch. The longest-serving first woman, uh, first woman first minister, insisted her decision was not down to short-term pressures such as outgoing divisions in her party about transgender rights. That is not short-term. That is not short-term. That is a very long-term issue. Senior labor source said her decision showed it was, quote, all over for the independent campaign and showed, quote, after 15 years of failure, the S&P have ran out, have ran off, out of road. There have been a number of tricky issues for Ms. Sturgeon in recent months, including splits in the party over her approach to transgender rights and over her bill on gender right recognition. Despite passing the legislation in Holroyd, which would have meant people could legally change their gender in Scotland without a medical diagnosis of gender dysphoria. Oh no, what a shame. You don't need a doctor to sign off before you do life-changing, irreversible damage to your body. Oh, wow. Oh no, how evil. Uh. <laughs> the bill was blocked. Was then blocked by Westminster. With ministers claiming it would have, quote, significant impact on equalities. The SNP uh, MP, Joanna, uh, Joanna Cherry, who has been a long-standing critic of Ms. Sturgeon's approach on transgender issues, called for a, quote, reform and healing in light of the first minister's departure. Pardon me. And that brings us to the end of this video. Actually, hold on. Actually, I'll watch this video real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Sturgeon is stepping down as first minister of Scotland. But what does this mean for the... Ah. Uh, the hell. All right. Let's try that again.
as First Minister of Scotland. But what does this mean for the future of Scottish independence? Sturgeon originally said she was going to make the next general election a de facto referendum, arguing that a vote for the SNP was a vote for independence. But now that she's leaving, that plan is once again up in the air, and it's up to her successor to decide whether to go ahead with it. Is this support for the referendum? There is still strong support for Scottish independence, but polls have been narrow for quite some time. And this month, it's on a razor's edge. The latest poll of polls shows that 50% of Scots are in favour. Yeah, right after the Queen died, a lot of people were like, you know what? We're all right with staying in the UK. I saw this uh, this hoodie, and it had uh, had King Charles on it, right? And it said, the patriarchy's back, boys. King Charles. And the same guy on Etsy had a, had a shirt that had a Camilla on it that said, uh, keep the side hustle, keep uh, keep the hustle strong side queens, and it and it said quote Queen Camilla, loved it. Of independence, and forty nine percent are against it. But this month, it's on a razor's edge. The latest poll of polls shows that fifty percent of Scots are in favour of independence, compared to forty nine percent who are against it. But that's not a convincing lead. And whoever becomes the next First Minister will not only have to win over Sturgeon supporters, but will also have to convince a lot more Scots that independence is the right choice for Scotland. A one percentage point lead doesn't cut the mustard. What impact could this have on the next general election? The expectation is that Sturgeon's resignation will boost votes for Scottish Labour, something that Keir Starmer will be desperate to see, because Sturgeon is still a very popular politician even after eight years in power. For example, in December 2022, a YouGov poll found that 52% of Scots thought she was doing well at her job, compared to 39% who thought she was doing badly. This means that the loss of Nicola Sturgeon poses a threat to the SNP. But with the Yes campaign only just trailing in the polls, the SNP looks set to remain a force to be reckoned with. Alright. Again, I'm happy to see it go. Uh, woke politics need to go out, and quite frankly, politicians who would rather, you know, force through executive order... They, they're, we're better off with that one, quite frankly. I, I've joked before that if I ever ended up in the timeline where I became president, my final executive order would be to ban executive orders. Uh, let's see what this video is real quick. Before we wrap, make sure I get the whole story. I think like the vast majority of, of SNP members today, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted. Um... Stephen Fry, leader of the SNP in West, uh, Westminster has told Sky News uh, that he was absolutely gutted by Nicola Sturgeon's decision to step down, adding she was a formidable leader and made Scotland a better place. She made Scotland great again, guys. Nicola's, as I say, she's been a, a huge inspiration for me. She's made Scotland a, a better place. Um, I think she she's brought hope to, to people. She's brought empathy. She's brought warmth. And, you know, when we all reflect back on the, the darkest days that, that we all faced during the, the pandemic, we knew that, that Nicola was going to be honest with us and that she would take us uh, to, to a better place. So she did that. And right across society, whether we're looking at the investment that's been made in, in young people in Scotland, the infrastructure improvements that have, have been made, or, 
perhaps most in, most importantly of all the, the investments that have been made in people uh, in Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon has delivered, she's delivered for all of us and I'm, uh, I'm sure that whoever comes next will seek to build upon her legacy. It'll be challenging for them to do so, uh, but I have no doubt given the, the array of brilliant colleagues that I have that they, they will do so uh, and do well. Well, thanks, Brian Skelter, and the weight loss is going phenomenally. Well, again, I'm happy to see any woke leftist politician go out. I'm happy to see any corrupt right-leaning politician go out. But more infor- more importantly, any politician that would rather go over the heads of her, you know, people who voted for her, or them in general, I'm happy to see them go in general. It, it, period. If you promised your the, the, if you promised your base one thing, I'm going to deliver on independence. And you don't. Instead, you prompt, you ride in, you use their, use that one cause of independence, like a, like a Trojan horse. And once you get into the people's hearts and you get into the position of power, you use it as a tool for your activism. It's just a disgusting fucking practice that is utilized on both the right and the left all too often. And again, like it or not, I'm completely in agreement with Trump here a thousand percent. Good riddance. I'm curious to see what the future holds for Scotland and maybe its future independence or its future, you know, entanglement with the with the crown. Have fun with that one, boys. Until next time, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, Madison. And stay tuned. i got a couple more episodes coming out. Doing some more research. And hopefully, I get a Project Veritas video up today. But i got to get some more information together on that one. So, until next time, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If there's anything you want to leave... Uh, let me know if I got anything wrong or if there's any more information you want to add that I should be aware of or a story you want to bring to my attention. Leave it in the comments below. I'll check it out. And until next time, peace. You have repeatedly we- criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing That's extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them... What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white right like supremacists and right supremacists. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This, own is this is a left wing. This is a left wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his really? it's an idea. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. Ooh, I'm your host, James Masson, and you know it's a primary season when the feds are getting involved again. Enrique Tario, head and commander of the Proud Boys. Now, <clears throat> a little bit of context here. The Proud Boys were originally founded by Gavin McGinnis and Miley Annopoulos. It was originally a drinking buddy. It was meant to be for shits and giggles. Then one day... Well, see, their whole shtick was we are Western chauvinists, meaning we, you know, we think uh, we think the West has superior culture. However, it's got co-opted by the feds over the time, and this is why I say that you know there's no way for you to be part of any ground care of it. Dentifa, Proud Boys, Boogaloo, Fed Front, I mean Patriot Front, my apologies. It doesn't matter because in one way or another, these groups have already been infiltrated. And if you're in these groups, 
you already know exactly what I'm talking about because you already know about like the sub factions inside these groups, different, you know, people who have different paths, came from different organizations or different groups that you don't trust are in your little clique. And you don't like that they're in your clique, but they're in your clique. You have to deal with it because everyone else deals with it. It's sucky. That's why I'm like, just get out of all these groups. They're all feds, they're all honeypots, and if they're not now, they will be later. And this motherfucker has a long history. We were blowing a whistle on this guy being a fed back in late 2020. Even on this show, we talked about it. But that's just a little brief rundown of the history behind the Proud Boys. It was a drinking club. It got out of hand. A fun fact, actually. The Proud Boys metamorph like changing from being a drinking club for like veterans and like Trump supporters and America First types. Because uh, lest we forget that. Nick Fuentes was once considered a proud boy. But lest we forget, uh, Gypsy Crusader, back when Homie was still trying to be just a regular journalist, he got jumped outside of a bar where Proud Boys were having a meeting because he was in there trying to get undercover footage. And when he left, he got jumped and beaten in the alleyway, like outside the bar. Uh, I'll throw in a link to uh, him explaining his story in the description below, but interesting and the only reason I'm even bringing up Gypsy Crusader is because apparently he's set to get released or something. I have to look more into it, but I've been saying a lot about this feeling more and more like there's a 2016 type vibe. I've been seeing a, a rapid increase in Pepe's. I've been seeing like Antifa's back in the thing. Proud Boys are being talked about. Gamergate is being talked about. Pizzagate's back in the fucking. Pizzagate trended on Twitter not too long ago. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Something weird out there, man. It's like uh, with more and more of these filters being lifted and the bots being pushed off the internet as much as possible, it's like the it really are starting to kick up right where I left off in 2016. That being if you subscribe to the dead internet theory like I do. But let's let's get into this. Messages. Officer often fed information. Uh, officer often fed information to Proud Boys leader. A police officer frequently provided Proud Boys leader Enrique Tario with internal information about law enforcement operations in the weeks before other members of the far-right extremist group stormed the U.S. Capitol, according to messages shown Wednesday at the trial of Tario on four and four associates. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. So right before January 6th, like the night before, Enrique Tario actually got arrested outside D.C. because he had some magazines in his trunk. So... And then uh, at the Trump speech, uh, so I went to all three of those uh, speeches. I was at the one in October, the Stop the Steal in, or whatever, the MAGA March or whatever the fuck. In, it was like the, event in, the speaking event in October. I went to that one. Uh, I think that was a million MAGA March. And then they had the Stop the Steal rally in December or was that late November? Either way, I went to that one. And then they had this last one that was like the January 6th one. I, uh, interesting, right? And every time there was something with the Proud Boys at all three of these events, I remember specifically there was a church banner that got torn down and lit on fire that led to a bunch of people and Enrique Tario getting in trouble. But he was released while the rest of the Proud Boys who were arrested around setting that pride flag on fire, they all served jail time while Enrique walked. Uh, I can't remember what the thing in the October one was, but there was, like, fights before that. On my Rumble Summer, there's footage of me walking and interviewing these guys. Um, shit. I'm trying to remember. There was, uh, and, and in January of 2021, for those, for the leading up to the January 6th event, uh, 
or at least like Trump speaking and all that stuff. Enrique had gotten arrested just outside DC for having a trunk with some magazines or clips in them. So it convenient how this guy just keeps not being there, but people who are associated with him do show up and get arrested. It's almost like, I don't know, he's an insider or something. But all right, so let's scroll down here. Click to the right. We got, you know, Mixed Factuality, uh, My Northwest. Ah, go over here to the left, U.S. News. So, you know, I clicked over here. Got the High Factuality Center, Telegraph Bay from six hours ago. Click. Yeah. So I figured play it were fair. This is a very political group. So I think it might be best to stick to the center and go from there. So over here at the Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Times, officer often fed information to Proud Boy leader private messages show. Jurors saw a string of messages in which an uh, intelligence officer gave Enrique Tarrio details about law enforcement operations in the weeks before the riot. Interesting. I do kind of fuck with this hat, though, the War Boys. I'm not going to lie. That's kind of a drip, and I fuck with them Ray-Bans. But homie looks like a fucking fed. Come on. From the AP, so... Washington, a police officer frequently provided Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio with internal information about law enforcement operations in the weeks before other members of the far-right extremist group stormed the U.S. Capitol, according to messages shown Wednesday at the trial of Tarrio and four associates. Now, doesn't this just add more to the entrapment argu- argument? Because I feel like this just makes the uh, th- this was a clear argument for entrapment article argument a-, a lot more prevalent, especially if like local law enforcement was feeding this guy, the head of one of these organizations, information directly. It's a little suspicious. A federal prosecutor showed jurors a string of messages that the Metro Metropolitan Police Lieutenant Shane Lamond and Tario privately exchanged in the run-up to the mob attack on the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Lamond, an intelligence officer for the city's police department, okay, so he's not just on the beat cop, he's like, he works in the intelligence areas. Gotcha. Intelligence officer for the city's police department. And mind you, I'm sure the city's the local police department is well entrenched with the capital and federal government. Like they have to be. There's no way this is apparate like a local police department. Well, was responsible for monitoring groups like the Proud Boys when they came to Washington for protests. Less than three weeks before the January sixth riot, Lamond and Lamond warned Tario that the FBI and US Secret Service will were, quote, all sun all spun up over talk on InfoWars internet show that the Proud Boys planned to dress up as supporters of President Joe Biden on the Democrats' inauguration day. That would have been fucking hilarious. Justice Department prosecutor Connor Monroe, Monroe asked a government witness, FBI Special Agent Peter Dabrowski, how common it is for law enforcement to disclose information, internal information in that fashion. Quote, I've never heard of it. Dabowski said. Dabowski said. Tario was arrested in Washington two days before the Capitol attack and charged with burning a Black Lives Matter. It's a BLM banner. Black Lives Matter banner taken from a historic Black church during a protest during the December twenty in December twenty twenty. He was released. So that was the one in December. It was. 
Okay, he was released from jail before the riot and wasn't in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Yeah, uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Hmm, even, so, I, uh, I found a different article. I was going to pull up the thing about him getting arrested for the magazine clips. And instead I found an interesting article uh, with his counter-defense I didn't see on Ground News. So, actually, we'll get into that after we get through this. But, because they do mention right here specifically that he was arrested two days before the ta- uh, attack at the Capitol building. Or, uh, yeah, Capitol attack and charged with burning Black Lives Matter banner taken from the historic Black Church during the protests in December 2020. So, okay, why is he being charged with anything in January 6th? He was released from jail before the riot and wasn't in Washington on January 6th. So, what the fuck? I'm now I'm confused as to what any charge he might have against him for January 6th has to do with anything. In a message to Tario on December uh, 25th, 2022, Lamont said Metropolitan Police Department investigators had asked him to identify Tario from a photograph. He warned Tario that police may be seeking a warrant for his arrest. Later on that day, his arrest, Tario uh, posted a message to Proud- to other Proud Boy leaders that said, quote, the warrant was just signed. Before the trial started in January, Tario's attorney said Lamont's testimony would be crucial for his defense, supporting Tario's claims that he was looking to avoid violence. Uh, Mulroe and Lamont has asserted his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination. Tario's attorneys have accused prosecutors of bullying Lamont into keeping quiet by by warning the officer he could be charged with obstructing the investigation into Tario, a Miami resident who was a national chairman of the Proud Boys, prosecutors denied that claim. Sabino Jurgoy, uh, one of Tario's attorneys, said the other messages showed Tario uh, routinely cooperating with the police and had provided Lamond with useful information. Jurgosi. Uh, said prosecutors, quote, dragged Lamont's name through the mud and falsely insinuated he is a dirty cop who had an inappropriate relationship with Tario. Well, here's the thing. How does he have a relationship with Tario? Again, he has nothing to do with January 6th, and I think it's bullshit they keep trying to, like, tan, you know, find a way to link Tario to the January 6th riots when he has nothing to do with them whatsoever. But at the same time, why does this cop who works with, you know, the intelligence unit have anything, any information to do with Tario. It's a weird connection. Especially given Tario has a well, pre-running, established relationship with the feds as an undercover informant. Who busted people on the left, too? Like, again, I... This dude's a glow. He fucking glows really hard at night. Quote, That was their theme over and over again. Dragosi told U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly during a break in the testimony, Lamond was placed on administrative leave by the police force in February 2022, according to Mark Shamel. An attorney for the officer, uh, Shamel, said Lamond aided Intario's arrest for burning the Black Lives Matter banner. In a statement Wednesday, Shamel said Lamont's job required him to communicate with a variety of groups protesting Washington, D.C., and his conduct, quote, was appropriate and always focused on the protection of the citizens of Washington, D.C. Again, 
unless you got some text messages. And mind you, the FBI spent months. One of the main reasons why a lot of these magazines and articles had to change the the use of the word insurrection was because the FBI routinely was finding after investigation after investigation that there was no pre-planned or you know predest uh, predestined. Uh, intent to do anything once they got into the building, meaning by definition there was no insurrection. And unless you have something telling some message from, the, uh, and again, it's no crime necessarily for these two to be talking to each other. It is extremely fucking odd that they're talking to each other. I'm not gonna pretend that like that. It's not weird and a red flag in and of itself, but. Uh, you better have a text message with him saying go in the building, because if not, everything else you're saying right here is a red fucking herring to me. Mm. Quote, at no time did Lieutenant Lamond ever assist or support the hateful, divisive agenda of any various groups that came to D.C. to protest. Shamel said, more importantly, Lieutenant Lamond is a decorated office official who does not condone the hateful rhetoric or the illegal conduct on January 6th and with only communicating with these individuals because the mission required it. The mission required it. What mission? Okay. Weird use of a word there, my friend. So there is a mission. Uh, whose mission? What are the uh, incentives here? Tario and his four lieutenants, his four lieutenants, are charged with seditious conspiracy for what protesters said was a plot to stop the peaceful transfer of presidential power and keep former President Trump in the White House after the 2020 presidential election. Thousands of rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol, uh, disrupting a joint session of Congress for certification of the Electoral College vote. Proud Boys, Proud Boy members describe the group as a politically incorrect men's club for Western chauvinists. That's how Enrique Tarrio uh, found described the group. They often brawled with anti-fascist uh, activist rioters at rallies and protests for years before the Capitol attack. In a message to Tario on December 18, 2022, uh, 2020, my apologies, Lamond and other police investigators had asked him if the Proud Boys are racist. The officer said he told he told them that the group had a black and had black and Latino members, quote, so not a racist thing. Which is true. It's not anyone can be a fed these days. Quote, it's not being investigated by the FBI though, just us, Lamond added. Awesome, Tario replied. In another exchange that day, Lamond asked Tario if he had called in an anonymous tip claiming responsibility for the flag burning. Quote, I did more than that, Tario responded. Quote, it's on my social media. Okay. Bitch made, snitch made. In a message to Tario on December 14th, or December 11th, 20... Oh, what the hell just happened? Okay, sorry, sorry. Um... Uh, on December 11, 2020, Lamont told him about the whereabouts of anti-fascist activists, Antifa, act, uh, Antifa rioters. The officer who the officer asked if he should share the information with uniformed police officers or keep it to himself. Two days later, Tario asked Lamont what the police department's general consensus was about the Proud Boys. "Quote, that's too complicated for a text answer," Lamont replied. "Quote." That's an in-person conversation over a beer. 
So you guys were very close with each other. Tario's co-defendants are Proud Boys chapter leader Ethan Nordim of Auburn, Washington, Joseph Biggs of Ormond Beach, Florida, a self-described Proud Boy organizer, uh, Zachary Rell, who led Proud Boys chapter in Philadelphia, and Dominic Pozzola, a group member from Rochester, New York. What a fucking New York name. Rosola? Pozzola. Uh, Pezzola. They are among a slew of Proud Boy members facing charges in the riot that in that separate in a separate case this week. The president of the West Virginia chapter of the group, Jeffrey Finley, was sentenced to 75 days behind bars after pleading guilty to a misdemeanor illegal entry charge. The and that had to do with the with the, the Capitol building. The Associated Press sent an email to Finley's attorney seeking comment Wednesday. By Michael Kuzelman, the AP. That brings us to the end of this article. Now let's hop over here. So as I said before, Enrique Tario has a very long, well-stained history of being a well-known Fed. We read this exact article on this show years ago. Two years ago now. Time flies. Exclusive Proud Boy leader was prolific informer for law enforcement. Enrique Tario, and this article is by Arm Rostin with... Uh, Reuters, it somehow has a center bias. Not sure how that worked out, but okay. Enrique Tario, leader of the Proud Boys, extremist group, has a past as an informer uh, for federal and local enforcement. So, again, he has contact with local police, but okay. Repeatedly working undercover for investigation investigators after he was arrested in 2012, according to a former prosecutor of and a transcript of a 2014 federal court proceeding obtained by Reuters. Now, let's, let's check out this little video here. Might have to go over to YouTube, actually. Yeah. Therapy for me, I think when the... This is just... Proud Boys leader Enrique Tario has a past as an informer for federal and local law enforcement. Fed! So the Proud Boys are, are a group, they're a, most people say a male chauvinist group, um, uh, set up in 2016. They call themselves Western chauvinists. Um, they're certainly male dominated. dominated. They, they, back then and, and now, they, they seem to want to contest what they perceive as, as the sort of uh, constraints of political correctness. And Base Burger uh, King crown enjoyers, absolutely. And doctrinaire political correct, correctness, and, and they want to tweak people. Enrique Tario stepped in as their leader in 2018 when they voted him in. And he's been he's been the sort of real face of it since then. Base Red Bull we enjoyer. We reported on an old... Uh, court transcript from 2014 that had never been uh, reported on before, where um, a federal prosecutor and Tario's old lawyer and an FBI agent all discuss ways in which uh, Enrique Tario at the time had helped law enforcement. They said it helped local law enforcement and federal law enforcement. They said it repeatedly gone undercover, uh, evidently after he'd been arrested on a, on a medical-related uh, 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 charge in 2012. So um, it, it raised a lot of questions. It, it talked about him as... Tario's then-lawyer, Jeffrey Feller, said Tario helped police undercover 
uncover three marijuana grow houses and was a prolific cooperator. What a bitch. As a, as a cooperator, <laughs> in the transcript, his, his, his lawyer calls him a, a prolific cooperator with law enforcement. And we thought that was, that was quite interesting given what's going on now. Many people have seen him leading, leading these rallies and these confrontations he's, you know, that the Proud Boys sometimes have with, with you know, um, well, what, what they perceive, what they, they believe to be Antifa, which is the, the group they've often tried to uh, go after. He's facing charges here in, in D.C., as we report. One, uh, he, he uh, confessed he, uh, publicly on social media, he said he burned this BLM banner. And there's videotape of that happening. Um, and he announced that on social media. When he arrived in D.C. on January 4th, he was quickly arrested by the D.C. police. And they charged him with that, which is a misdemeanor. And they also charged him with possession of two sort of high-capacity uh, gun magazines, which are illegal in Washington, D.C. They ban magazines that hold more than, more than um, 10 rounds each. And these had 30 rounds each. And so I uh, okay. So I did not pull that out of my ass. You rehear that? Make sure. Illegal in Washington D.C. They He was quickly arrested by the D.C. police, and they charged him with that, which is a misdemeanor. And they also charged him with possession of two sort of high-capacity gun magazines, which are illegal in Washington D.C. They ban magazines that hold more than more than um, ten rounds each, and these had thirty rounds. And so uh, he's facing charges right now. So, uh, uh, and and uh, but there in D.C., what happened was, as soon as he went to court, the judge said uh, a part of his, uh, you know, his release package is he had to leave D.C. and go back to Florida, and he can't come back here until he has to deal with a court appearance or, or deal with his lawyer. All right. So that gives you the rundown. Forgive me. I just want to make sure I can zoom in a little bit. <clears throat> now let's wrap it up here. I want to make sure we get Enrique's side of the story because again. I fuck with the Western chauvinist shit for real. I I, I do. I, I I like the idea behind. I, so I I really support what Gavin McGinnis and Milo were trying to do with it originally. I do. Uh, if I can find, I'll put in at the end some of my footage of me running around with these jackasses. But what it is now is just a big uh, cult of feds and personalities. But let's hear out his side, shall we? So over here at the Epoch Times. Prosecutors denied DOJ planted evidence on Enrique Tarrio to frame him, other Proud Boys, and other Proud Boy defendants. Article is by Joseph M. Hammerman. February 14th, 2023. It is now February 16th. Federal prosecutors have denied planting manufactured evidence on Enrique Tarrio to frame him and other Proud Boy defendants for allegedly for alleged January 6th crime, saying that... <laughs> Assertions made by the defense counsel are, quote, simply incorrect. Well, again, if Enrique wasn't there for January 6th, I don't understand how you can charge him for anything January 6th related. Someone needs to explain that to me. Quote, the government robustly agrees with the defendant, Dominic Pazella, Pazola, that it would have been egregiously improper for the members of the U.S. intelligence community to have conducted a domestic intelligence operation targeting Enrique Tarrio a U.S. person and provide him with a plan to storm or occupy or sit in the House and Senate office buildings on January 6th. The U.S. Department of Justice 
wrote in a court filing later on February 13th. Again, you better show me a text that says, I want you to go to the Capitol building, because if you don't have that, you don't have that. Quote, Defendant Pozzola allegations that new information reveals that the 1776 returns documents were authored by the government itself is simply incorrect. I I mean, I'd believe it. Charged in the case are Toro Pozzola, Artario Pozzola, Zachary Rell, Ethan Nordin, and Joseph Biggs, the Proud Boy defendants on trial in the court, in the district court, my apologies, in Washington, are accused of seditious conspiracy, conspiring to obstruct office official proceedings, obstruct of official obstruction of official proceedings. Those are the same fucking thing. The only difference is for that or for that last for that second one, at least you'd have to actually, you know, be there for it to happen. And conspiracy to prevent certain federal officers. Uh, federal officers from performing their duties at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Tario, Rell, Nordine, and Biggs face nine criminal counts, and Pozzola is charged with ten. Did girlfriend set up Tario? Defense attorney Roger Roots wrote, that a damning document titled 1776 Returns was authored by a member of the U.S. intelligence community and passed on to former Proud Boy chairman Tario by Erica Flores. Flores? An erstwhile romantic interest. Okay, erstwhile interesting. Of Tario's. The document which prosecutors contend is a blueprint for the Proud Boys to attack the Capitol was written in part or in whole by Samuel Arms, a man who, while in college, was groomed to work for the FBI and CIA roots. Okay, again, that just adds credibility to the motion here. Uh, asserted in his motion, Arms told now-defunct House January 6th Select Committee that he was done. Now, he has done work for the U.S. Senate Department and Special Operations Com- uh, Command at MacDill Air-, uh, Air Force Base near Tampa, Florida. All right. Well, again, you're not exactly... Uh... I- again, I am not opposed to the idea that this is just straight up a Fed operation. But again, Enrique, I believe, is a Fed, so... Root asked the U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly to hold on to evidentiary hearings on the 1776 returns document and, if his allegations were uh, substantiated, declared a mistrial with prejudice. Department of Justice Attorney Jocelyn Ballantine said ARMS is not part of the intelligence community but runs a blockchain association based in Florida. The plot thickens. Quote, arms denied drafting the 1776 returns documents. Ballantine wrote, quote, he testified in both instances that he recognized certain aspects of the documents from a war gaming exercise he has done to consider what would happen if a president refused to leave the White House and there was just mad chaos in the streets because no one knows who's in charge. Very specific. And you guys just had this training thing on 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 hand. Just happened to, okay. That's very okay. Interestingly uh, specific. 
Arms testified before the House uh, January 6th Committee in July 2022, and before a federal grand jury in October 2022, Kelly ruled the document admissible in December 2022. He has not yet ruled on Root's motion for evidentiary hearing. Quote, Indeed, Arms specifically testified that he was horrified by the documents because someone had taken his ideas and turned them into a technical plan with form and structure that, it, it, oh, yeah, okay, advocated storming the Capitol building. The Antin, I think everyone's just really full of shit. Flores told the January 6th committee that Arms wrote the 1776 returns, but Arms denied the allegations claiming Flores was blame-shifting. But he said, and then she said, Ballantine wrote that when subpoenaed to testify before the federal grand jury in October 2022, Flores invoked her Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in response to more than 50 transcript pages worth of questions by the government about the 1776 returns documents. Uh, yeah. Let's just read the first three comments here by JLS. Everything about Jan 6 was a manufactured and planted. I, I, I can get behind that. There was more proven corruption from the DOD than the Proud Boys. True! By M.D. Bishk and Nick Murphy. Don't forget about the group being prosecuted for the plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer had six in it. With me... Six undercover FBI agents in it. Hmm. Weirdly incriminating there, Nick Murphy. Now, I guess it's going to bring me here. I feel like there's something I'm forgetting. But I'm not sure what. Well, I can't think of anything. I, I feel like I'm forgetting something. But if I can find that footage I have of me walking around and marching with them, whatever footage I didn't sell of it back in the day... I'll uh, throw it in right at the end of this clip. So, that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I'm here with James Madison. Please stay tuned. i got more episodes coming up today. And until next time, I shall catch you all later. Peace. I got you. That's a Photoshop. It makes you really I think we go, but I think we're waiting for the road to change. I have never seen gray uh, cross lights before. Maybe it's gray because of the sheer the pressure of the Marxism seeping through this factory. Yeah, it's gonna have to get.
seeping the colors of our world. Like that one movie where they go into the TV. What's that movie called? Those two kids fight over a moan and get sucked into a TV, and then they look at like the like, the Beaver universe. Yeah, you do. They like argue over the TV remote, and then they get sucked into like a Leave It to Beaver universe. Like the fire department only saves cats from trees. Is that worth fucking doing? Charles. Charles is marching with. Alright. Kyle, no cigarettes. No cigarettes. Okay. Go. Rod in there. Oh, yeah, charges again, so they just dropped the gun charges, I thought. Oh, no, no, he may bail. Oh, fully bail? Yeah. He's, 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 well, no, no, that doesn't mean they won't be getting shit. Oh. But if he does... They're right, Ricky Schroeder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Where did Nate manage to? He went way ahead a while ago. Oh. That's right, he's meeting somebody over there. That's dope. Yeah, I want to go over there and be like, hey, put my MAGA hat on my head, crown me.
come back to that one. Somebody stole my hat though. Really? Yeah. And it was signed by Tim Poole. That's my favorite team right there. All day, every day. I mean, you have a very impressive winning streak. Just ask the entire world that beefed with us. Good morning. I got your picture. Thank you. You're welcome. My kids don't like Well, make sure you make me look good. I'm not walking ahead of my own fucking mother. Why? I'll slow you down. Oh, I'm sorry. You you want to slow me down so we hit that brick wall of flesh down there? Not too much, man. Good. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. Remember, folks, there is absolutely nobody who can test this election. The revolution will not be televised, but it will be streamed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. sadly true. Oh, yeah. So you better switch off, tune out, drop out, and stream on. Because the revolution is being streamed. Really? They give me these lines to say? Get the fuck out of here.
Yeah. Yeah. Would you? Uh, no, we don't want to film a bunch. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can always, run, I can always run back and catch up with you. I just don't see anywhere to sit if you want to. No, no, no. I'm staying home again. Oh. I'd like to stay at this hotel because it's a lot closer. I got you. Okay. And it's more my kind of people. I thought you were talking about, like, here. I'm like, are you sure? You're definitely safer here. This crowd stays around. You call the whole thing. And then the little dog's like, I want some of that shit. I know what happened. It's been looking at me like seven times. I understand. I want to go back to the violent protests that we've seen around the world. I had a go the other week at CNN host Chris Cuomo, who happens to be the brother of New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo. He seemed to be excusing and even encouraging the horrible violence in the US by asking where it says protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Well, I answered this by saying that uh, it's in the law, that there are laws against assault, against vandalism and against arson. And I also quoted Martin Luther King Jr. talking about non-violent protests. But some bloke on YouTube has dealt with this issue much better than me. Have a look. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. And please... Yep, munching away on those dry noodles. He says it's the First Amendment. You've just got to look it up. And sure enough, of course, we should all have remembered this. The crucial First Amendment, which protects freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, also specifically mentions the right of the people peaceably to assemble. That's right, peaceably to assemble. That's it. That's your right to protest peacefully. Well done and props to Tim Blair for highlighting this clip on his blog. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I am your host, James Madison, and, well, you know, right when you think you know how bad it gets for the people they had working at CNN, it somehow manages to get a little bit worse. And, you know, a name that I thought would quit disc- being a discrediting factor towards CNN would be Chris Cuomo. Once a time, this Fredo Lay motherfucker got kicked out of all- kicked out of his gig, but no, homie went on to create the Chris Cuomo Project, or alternatively known as the CCP. Not kidding, real name. So, homie said I. He admitted, in wild wild, unself-aware character. I just can't... First off, I can't imagine being in this position. And second off, I can imagine just being so casually, like... Yeah, I thought about murdering all my co-workers and then myself. What? Check this out. That I had to accept because I was going to kill everybody, uh, including myself. Things can consume you. Italians are so passionate. And I really had to fight against that because... You know, just like you did. I got too many people counting on me. That I had. Ooh, dude. Okay, so first off, you can't just chalk up just having serious, actual thoughts of homicidal, you know, a mass murder followed by, you know, deletion. That's not really something you can just casually chalk up to your heritage there, Fredo. Uh, and, you know, there, there's the argument out there. Well, you know, I'm just going to kill everybody. 
in some sense of I'm just, you know, I'm really mad and frustrated. Sure. But then he said himself, check that one up to something else. So there's not really a lot of people necessarily talking about this. Not a lot of high factualities. Yeah, Business Insider down here from 11 hours ago. But, you know, everything else pretty much meh. So I'm going to go with personal preference on this one. You can leave a gripe in the comments below. One over here to the New York Post. A preferred outlet. And we're just going to go read through them. Let's see. Oh, I can zoom back out a little bit. There we go. Same audio. I had to accept because I was going to kill everybody, uh, including myself. Things can consume you. Italians are so passionate. And I really had to fight against that because, you know, just like you did, I got too many people counting on me. This is kind of funny, the same guy, right? Because he threw that fit where he, he threatened to, like, assault. He tried to assault this guy who called him Fredo. He was like, that's the N-word to us. Homie was, like, so worked up about being called Fredo. Fredo is a reference to the Godfather to, like, the lesser of the Coleone brothers. But Homie was so worked up about a so-called, you know, N-word for Italians. Then he immediately chucks up how, uh, a murder-suicide urge to be an Italian. I don't know if you're helping stereotypes about Italians and violence, my friend. I was going to kill everybody and myself after CNN firing Quiz Como says, Jesus Christ, by Ariel Zyber, Zilber, February 15th, 2023. Recently updated, by the way. Chris Cuomo said he was so distraught after being shit-canned by CNN that he was, quote, going to kill everybody and myself, the former Cuomo primetime host fired by the struggling cable news outlet. Jesus. Holy shit. I'm just thinking, imagine, imagine if he actually followed through with that. First off, dude. I mean, tragic event, but as, like, someone who, like, hates the mainstream media from, like, an outside perspective, homie, I would be on this podcast so fucking quick. This is just such a crazy fucking statement. I'm sorry. I'm, like, I'm humored by it, man. He really loved working for Senator Armstrong. I mean, not S S Senator Armstrong. I didn't mean to say that. Sorry, sorry. I mean, I mean, boss Jeff Zucker. But, holy <laughs> Gonna, gonna kill everybody else and then myself. Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. In late 2021, after it was learned he was helping his brother, then New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, fight sexual harassment allegations made by ex-aides. By the way, those same allegations led to him being ousted from office. By the way, remember, Andrew Cuomo, right? Tony Cuomo was the, also, he threatened people for calling him Tony. Anyway, people were pinning him for, like, a 2024 presidential candidate and a 2020 possible candidate. Like, people were really betting on him at one point. Quote, I had to accept my firing because I was going to kill everybody, including myself, the 52-year-old the, the news personality told ex-Trump administration official Anthony Scaramucci during the, Mooch, during the Mooch's podcast, fitting name, you leech, Quote, open book, which aired Wednesday, things you can consume you, things can consume you. Cuomo was unceremoniously dumped by his longtime 
uh, patron and friend, then CNN boss Jeff Zucker, months after Cuomo ouster. Zucker stepped down after it was learned he was involved in a years-long consensual affair with his top marketing officer, Allison Golas. Uh, yeah, by the way, Rube caught up on that one. The whole Golas affair thing, that is bullshit. No. I, no, 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 no. I want to reiterate a conspiracy theory I have that has, not, that has yet to be fucking validated. He was supposedly forced to step down because he was caught having an affair... Him when he was unmarried. By the way, it was clarified, and the people who fired him clarified it. Or the people who pressured him to step down clarified it. They didn't have sex with any with each other while they were married. After they both got divorced, mind you, they got divorced years apart. It was after both of them were single. They started having like a decade and a half long, uh, consensual fuck relationship going on. All right. And I'm just sitting here fucking bemused that you're supposed to think of all things, right? Of all the things these media people get up to, all the things they cover up. You got Don Lemon, like, grabbing a man's cock in a bar and making him smell his fucking Fumunda cheese and asking if he likes dick or pussy. Then you have fucking Cuomo over here who lied about being in quarantine and then actually assaulted a dude for calling him out for it. We'll watch that clip. Believe that. Right, you have all these corrupt things that go public, right, and don't result in an ousting of any of these fucking people. All right, Cuomo got ousted for uh, the for got fired, but uh, sorry, he got fired, but he didn't get fired for lying about the fucking faking COVID. But the man gets ousted for faking COVID, assaults multiple people, and doesn't lose his job. He only loses his job because Zucker was you know, being ousted and was doing everything he could in the last minute to save his fucking job and CNN Plus, which was fucking collapsing in real time after being like a $3 billion investment or $3 million investment for the company that they could barely afford or some crazy shit like that, right? So I just, I don't believe it. What's the scandal? Oh no, two adults had sex while being unmarried. That's like the most scandalous fucking thing you could expect from these assholes. You had CNN producers, and I talked about this a long time ago, multiple CNN producers who got arrested for various unspeakable crimes involving children, not just minors. I mean children, children, like under 10. I mean, any level of minor is bad, but come on, man. The, I think that there's like a, a very specific level of fucked up. And emails from that time period suggested that higher up at CNN knew about these fucking producers and their predilections and still chose to keep them only until it got publicly released. And now, folks, if you want, I've been doing a very long time doing this, documenting the downfall of CNN. Here is one of the specific or actually the specific cnn producer i was referencing earlier here is a different one right here from an episode i did december 12 2021 cnn producer griffin uh john griffin allegedly tried to get parents to let him make their daughters quote sexually submissive articles to all that description below on every one of these episodes from December 15th, 2021, CNN producer arrested by FBI for, quote, sexually training girls as young as seven years old, many more similar crimes against humanity. 
then you know it just up oh, just has to refresh because you know of course right here with Chris Cuomo CNN suspends Chris Cuomo as new details of the lesser Cuomo involvement in uh, in the last 18 months of his brother Andrew I need to correct that spelling Andrew Cuomo's political career. Right here, Brian Stelter has been fired from CNN and his show canceled, uh, continuing the trend of CNN firings. And the list just really goes on. It's, uh, a, a lot of these are from December, because I just scrolled down to, uh, to a random spot on the list and, and just scrolled till I got it. There's a lot of CNN episodes I've gotten about the building they, they're in being rented out. This one is Jesse Smollett trial goes on as another CNN host is facing being fired and how these two stories are connected. There's another story I, I, I couldn't find, but I did about how two CNN anchors uh, right here with uh, Don, Le- Don Lemon and another one. And again, like I said, there's t- I got a lot of CNN videos. Uh, they were giving Jesse Smollett information about the investigation as it was going on, which is a big no-no. So yeah, if you guys, I'll have all those episodes in the description description below. But again, this is the type of people CNN is routinely hiring. These unhinged psychopaths. So you got Homer here being like, oh, well, you know, I was going to kill everybody, including myself. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> CNN has a type, doesn't it? Shit. Uh, Cuomo told the mooch. Goddamn. Told the mooch, quote, he makes a lot of mistakes and revealed he sought therapy after he was fired. Quote, there is damage that is relatable. That is that. Look, th- this damage, look, being fired sucks. Everybody's been fired. Hell, I got fired for not wanting to get vaccinated. I fully like it. Like getting fired sucks. But dog, I have n- <laughs> never once had that thought. You were that quiet kid in school that everyone was scared of. Oh, man. There's a lot of damage that is <laughs> that is unrelatable to people that I have to deal with, that I am working on, Cuomo said. After a months-long hiatus, he was hired by News Nation to host Cuomo, a primetime talk show, but the comeback has struggled to generate anywhere near the viewership that tuned in to his 9 p.m. CNN show. His October debut drew 147,000 viewers, a pittance, a pittance compared to the roughly 1 million he averaged on CNN. Yeah, but here's the thing. He was never able to pull uh, Tucker Carlson numbers, which is just fucking hilarious. Where he was the network's top-rated primetime anchor, Cuomo admitted that it was, quote, kind of embarrassing to go from the top dog at CNN to cable channel that, quote, people don't want to watch. At or quote at CNN, I wasn't I wasn't set up to be number one. Cuomo said, "It's weird because I totally remember you being set up to be number one there." Cuomo said, "Quote, I wasn't the big name there. I didn't have the big team. They don't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't do the advertising about me. But I was still number one. Petty bitch." Cuomo continued, "Quote, why? Why?" Because it was the best show. Because I was giving people what they needed in that moment. Yeah, with a fake death counter on the corner of the screen all during 2022. Fuck right off. Cuomo appeared to be struggling to come up with terms. Come come to terms, my apologies, with being rejected. Or regulated. Oh, my glasses. Yeah, she let me put my glasses fucking on. 
Move your Try to get my fucking glasses on. <laughs> All right. Como appeared to be struggling to come to terms with being relegated to his low ratings. His News Nation program has averaged about 63,000 viewers per night. Oof, baby, that hurts. Quote, it's hard to keep perspective on that because it's a kind of it's kind of embarrassing. He said, quote, I will never be number one again. Como said, ooh, I will never be number one again. Mmm, you love to hear it. For some reason, I didn't realize till now that I had that little download bar down at the bottom. Yeah, I was trying to uh, archive some of my old stuff, having issues with it. But yeah, I will never be number one again. Mmm, mm, love to hear it. Cuomo made it clear he feels wronged by CNN. Well, America feels wronged by you, buddy. Quote, I believe I was taken... That I was taken, I believe wrongly Cuomo said of his job quote I will litigate I will litigate that I am not going to bitch about wait hold on didn't you censor what he said up here earlier yeah after quote being you know you censored shit canned but down here you 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 haven't just bitch you're just cool with that okay weird weird I will litigate that. I am not going to bitch about it in the press, as he says as he bitches about it in the press. Cuomo filed a $125 million arbitration claim against CNN. He accused the network of, quote, smearing his journalistic integrity. That is a claim that is so charitable it should be tax-deductible. The case is ongoing. Cuomo also revealed that he took legal action against HarperCollins, the publisher of his book, quote, Deep Denial. HarperCollins, which is owned by the Post's parent company, News Corp, dropped the project after Cuomo's firing. The Post has sought comment from Cuomo's representatives, CNN and Zucker. Ooh, goddamn. Now, you remember what I was saying earlier about him getting caught going outside of quarantine? He had many scandals, but this is... You know, let's just get in the, in, into the two big ones, shall we? We briefly touched on early already how he was helping his brother and covering up the scandal and not reporting on it and giving his brother, like, insider information about what the newsroom had on the investigations going on around him to keep him ahead of the curve, which is big-time no-no. Let's go over here to CNN for this second-to-last article. Enraged after Guy Hurl's Italian slur, quote, I'll fucking throw you down these stairs. <laughs> From 2019, Jesus Christ. I remember this. this. Now, this had nothing to do with the lockdown. We'll get to that. But, fuck, I remember this being a big deal at the time. Throw you down the fucking stairs. Isn't that your brother? Mm. Oh, you it's a fucking insult to your people. It's an insult to your fucking people. It's like the N-word for us. So is that a cool fucking thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, <laughs> You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be in television. <laughs> oh, god damn. If you want to play, then we'll fucking play. If you got something you want to 
to say about what I do on television. Hey, man, hey, listen. What? Yeah, you're going to have a big fucking problem. What's the problem? It's a little different on TV. Don't fucking insult me like that. I didn't insult you. You call me Fredo. It's like I call you punk bitch. You like that? You want that to be your nickname? I didn't call you that. You called me Fredo. You know my name's not fucking Fredo. You did not think my name was fucking Fredo. Don't be a liar. I want to be a man. Stand up like a man. I want to be a man up here. Then fucking own it. Then own what you said. Then own what you said. You're gonna have a fucking problem. What? What are you gonna do about it? I'll fucking ruin you. I'll fucking throw you down these stairs like a fucking punk. Why? So you fucking sue? So you can fucking sue? And notice the other guy with the glasses just stand there because he keeps looking, keeps looking at Fredo. I mean Cuomo, sorry. And then looking at the guy's camera, and then back at Cuomo in the back of the camera, like, ooh, I can't do shit. That's a handler with his hands are tied. Watch your fucking hands. Watch your fucking hands. There you go. Up. Oh, Cuomo's made contact. F fuck it. Federally speaking, that's assault. A battery right there. He's like five foot six. I'm like two and a half inches taller than this man. What the fuck? Look at him. Look at him back there. Look at him. Shorter than everyone else, including the guy with the white hat, bro. I'm sorry. Look, and here's the thing. Full full disclosure, I, I I I respect Cuomo for for being like, look, don't call me this shit to my fucking face, but dog, <laughs> you are a public figure, man. Like you you should have at some point had that click and walked off. But god damn, that New York rage. That's how you know he's really New York. It has that Italian in him, too. This Guinea rage really came out of this mini man. This mini Guinea. <laughs> Fredo, the mini Guinea. Jesus Christ, that little, little man, that manlet rage, bro. Giving off real bagel boss vibes, man. My goodness. And even then, right? Let's say he called you this shit. It's the N-word for Italian people. Oh, come on, dog. Maybe I'm sitting here in my white privilege because not a single white insult gets under my skin. And I've been called... Dude, I had someone. I was wearing a, a make... Po my, I have a hat that says Make Politicians Afraid Again. And I had this fucking dude come up to me and call me a fucking vanilla gorilla. And I just started chuckling. And he got mad that I wasn't offended. But, bro, come on. The N word for Italians, Fredo. Shut the fuck. I'm breaking it up. I'm breaking it up. This is my guy. Hey, look at all these cameras. You're in for it. You're in for it. For what? You're in for it. You're in for it. You call me Fredo. Again, like I, 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 I respect him sitting here being like, "You're not gonna call me that." Oh, I don't know what that fucking. <laughs> and just to make sure we give the devil his due. The update here at 8.16, 8 8.13.20.2019, Chris has finally spoken out about the incident, stating that while he appreciates the support, quote, truth is, I should be better than the guys baiting me. He says, there's a lesson to learn from this, quote, no need to add to the ugliness. I should be better than what I oppose. Absolutely. Now, Chris... Let's move on to why I just cannot take you seriously, even in your moments of just absolute humility. And folks, I just want to end it here on this video. If you want to know more about my thoughts on Cuomo and the deeperness behind all this bullshit, 
I have past episodes. CNN's a dying topic as far as I'm concerned, but I'll let Inside Edition take it from here while I immediately lazily tap out. Now the other side of the story involving CNN anchor Chris Cuomo and a man on a bicycle. The cyclist is now speaking up, and the way he tells it, he was so unnerved by the exchange of words with Cuomo that he filed a police report about the incident. He spoke exclusively with our Stephen Fabian. This man says he had a nasty encounter with CNN anchor Chris Cuomo over COVID-19 quarantine. Now he's talking exclusively to Inside Edition. He started getting very agitated very quickly. The confrontation came to light when Cuomo, who was recovering from COVID-19, raged about it on his Sirius XM radio show. I don't want some jackass, loser, fat tire biker um, to be able to pull over uh, and get in my face and in my space and talk to me. I don't want to hear it. We and, and Cuomo's thing has always been... Oh, you have anything to say to me that that's critical? You're a Trump supporter? Fuck you. Bro, this guy, I mean, I can go find it. I'll, I'll have to go find it now that I've said it. This guy's a fucking Democrat. You now reveal that the cyclist is 65-year-old David Whelan. The cyclist says it all started when he was out for a bike ride and noticed several people at this property that Chris Cuomo owns in the Ritzy Hamptons. The cyclist says he stopped his bike about 100 feet away, and that's when he recognized the CNN anchor. I said, you're supposed to be quarantining. What are you doing out? What are you doing with all these people? You're not, oh, I said, you're not even practicing social distancing. Whelan says Cuomo confronted him. And he, at that point, began to come closer. Maybe I don't need to look it up. Closer. Uh, uh, who the hell are you? What do you know about this? What do you know about the rules? Whelan says he brought up Cuomo's brother, the governor of New York. I did tell him your brother is a coronavirus czar. Why aren't you following his rules? That didn't make him happy. He was coming closer and closer and very angry. He said, you have not seen the last of me over this, and you will meet me again over this. Did that seem like a threat to you? Uh, it's pretty much a threat to me when a guy's, you know, furious and... Uh, yeah, that's a threat. Whelan says he left before Cuomo, whose wife has also tested positive for COVID-19, got within 40 feet of him. A CNN spokeswoman says Chris has said emphatically that this has never happened. Chris was following all social distancing guidelines and wearing a mask in his own backyard with his immediate family members. A complete stranger approached them from their own private driveway in order to curse at Chris in front of his wife and children. No charges were filed. Right. So despite my best efforts, I just could not find the actual video of that guy's uh, bike encounter. But... We will go into that a little bit, but I did find this great video, however, so hopefully this is good compensation. Why did you leave your house when when you had COVID? I mean, you had it, and you left your house. I mean, it's been documented. First right? of all, so it has been documented. My ass, it's been documented. Why I quarantined. Why, why I went out. My wife got accosted by somebody. I don't know, man. You're and I, I know you don't know, so I'm trying to help you. That was an incredible clip right there. Chris Cuomo, the biggest jackass in all cable television. The dumbest person in all cable television. He is as stupid as and as dumb and has about as high of an IQ as the barbells that he loves to lift and post of himself on Instagram. He indeed broke quarantine. He indeed went out and left quarantine and got in fights with people while he was sick with COVID. This is true. And it's incredible to watch him get called on the carpet and then insult his own guests. I mean, what a clown. This guy, I mean, this guy, truly, like this is what you get when you have state-run propaganda media. This is what you get. This is what happens. These are the kind of people who get promoted by CNN and good on that restaurant owner for just clowning on Cuomo, an absolute savage. I love this man. I'm going to find out where his restaurant is. It's apparently in, in Huntington Beach, California, according to the Chiron, and I'm going to go there every single time I'm in California, which... Plan on going to California anytime soon. Seriously, new mask mandates. They're ever they're worse than the CDC right now with their mandates. Hopefully, Gavin Newsom loses his job to Larry Elder. 
Let's pray for that, okay? Wow, and this restaurant owner is so here. much. The whole reason this is happening is because people won't protect themselves, Tony. I mean, what are you thinking? Then why did you leave your house when when you had COVID? I mean, you had it, and you left your house. I mean, it's been documented. First right? of all, so it has been documented. My ass, it's been documented. I quarantined. Why, why I went out. My wife got accosted by somebody. I don't know, man. And I, I know you don't know, so I'm trying to help you. The science is clear, Tony. You're trying to help me. You're I don't want you me. to get sick the way I was the sick. The science is clear. Oh, you care about me all of a sudden, huh? Enough to have you on the show because I don't like people uh, making bad decisions for themselves and their family. I was hoping it was a little bit of a stunt. Oh. You have the freedom not to take the vaccine. Well, I just ask... don't know why you think it's a good move. Maybe, maybe we should ask your brother about protecting people, right? I hey, mean, look, that's his job. Uh, and if he doesn't you know, do it well, whole, people won't whole, vote for him. a whole new can of worms. But, uh, look, Tony, look, I don't Listen, know if you know me too well. My, I'm sure I my stand is not I'm a political about stand. You. Yeah, good. I appreciate that, too, because I know you talk a lot. So, so my... <laughs> My stance here is a pro-freedom stand only. It's not political. You're never going to... If you come down here, you're not going to see a Trump flag flying over the roof, okay? You're not going to see campaign signs. You're not going to see campaign slogans or political slogans ever, okay? You're only going to see pro-freedom messages, and that's it. Um, and you're not going to drag me down the hole talking about the science. It's, this is not about whether I'm pro-vaccine or not. I'm pro-freedom anti-tyranny, okay? And, uh, you know, may maybe the conversation should really be between me and your brother. That, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe so. You're <laughs> pro-freedom, but people can't wear masks. Tony, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. I gave you a chance to make the case. <laughs> I wish you well. I hope your family stays safe. I made my case. You didn't have much to say. You didn't have much to say. I mean, so I honestly, you sound like an idiot, so there's not much to say. You're going to be all about freedom, but people can't wear masks? Hmm. But Tony, good luck with it. See you. And so do you. Yeah. I, only for having you on the show. That was my only mistake. That is fucking hilarious. So we're over here at the post, and let's get into it here. We're just going to read a little bit of this article. Actually, we might get through the whole thing real quick. It's not too big. I hate bullies. Bicycle is verbally attacked by Chris Cuomo. Fires back by Kate Sh Sheesley. Sheehy. April 14th, 2020. The Long Island resident blasted as a jackass loser fat tire biker by Chris Cuomo in a radio rant told the Post on Tuesday yep, on Tuesday, that the CNN host is nothing but a bully and has even filed a complaint with cops against him. Quote, sometimes he's scary stupid. The East Hampton man, who asked to be only identified by his first name David, said Governor Andrew Cuomo's little brother, Chris Cuomo launched into a tirade on his Sirius XM show Monday night about how he didn't like what uh, didn't like what he did for a living anymore, and ranted about the confrontation he had with a biker outside his property Easter Sunday, when the coronavirus infected TV air quotes infected TV star was hanging out with his family. David, who has been riding by, who was riding by. Oh, sorry, jumped on me real quick. Stated, uh, started hassling Chris Cuomo about social distancing, and the CNN star later seethed on his radio show. He seethed and coped, boys. Showed that one big downside to money and fame is that he couldn't tell a guy to go to hell. Quote: I didn't want some loser. I didn't want some jackass loser, fat tired biker to be able to pull up 
and get in my space and talk bull and talk bullshit to me. I don't want to hear it. Cuomo raged. Raged. Quote. I want to be able to tell you to go to hell and shut your mouth. You absolutely can. I mean, you did earlier, so I don't know what stopped you here. I don't get. I, I don't get that doing what I do for a living, me being able to tell you to shut your mouth, or I will be able, or you'll hold on, or I will do you the way you guys do each other. Grammatical weirdness there. David told the Post he was. St- Stunned that Cuomo verbally attacked him in the way he did. The 65-year-old longtime resident said... Sorry. Said he was just out for a bike ride before Easter dinner when he spotted who he thought was Chris Cuomo on a property he says the CNN anchor bought in East Hampton last year. The carriage is still being developed. A steel frame for its furniture house is still all that's up at the moment, David said. David said Como was with his wife, another woman, and three kids who are playing around on the property. The resident said he stopped and sat on his bike, quote, well over a hundred feet from the property. Quote, I just looked and said, is that Chris Como? Isn't he supposed to be in quarantined? Como has been regularly airing his TV shows and radio shows from his family's home in Southampton, although from the basement as he stayed in quarantine from them, the anchor said on air Tuesday that he still suffers from low-grade fever and feared that his wife is now showing signs of the virus. Oof. David said the woman, who looked like Cuomo's wife, came over to him and said, quote, May I help you? He said, uh, he replied, quote, I'm riding my bike, then stated, asking why Cuomo was there out of quarantine and not social distance from the group. He said Cuomo then start, uh, started toward him, coming to within for, within about 40 feet. Quote, he said, who the hell are you? I can do what I want. David said, quote, he just ranted, screaming, I'll find out who you are. I said to him, quote, your brother is the coronavirus SARS. Czar, and you're not even following his rules. Unnecessary travel. The resident said, He just began to boil more. He said, quote, This is not, uh, this is not the end of this. You'll deal with this later. We will meet again. If that's a threat, if that's not a threat, I don't know what is, David said. The man said he waited till Monday afternoon to call East Hampton cops to report the incident. I hate bullies, David said. At the first, at first, the resident said he got quote huge pushback from police about filing a report. But by Tuesday morning, after the Post and other outlets reported on Cuomo's meltdown, including about his running with the bicyclist, the police quote had the whole different attitude. David said, "The man, I said he asked for the he asked the investigating officer quote any chance you saw the report about Cuomo's rant." Yes, we have, the cop said. Quote, I think you'll like what we've written, the officer added. Adding, uh, according to David, referring to the police report that was being prepared, David, who said he is a lifetime, a lifelong Democrat and voted for Andrew Cuomo, I told you we'd get to it, and voted for Andrew Cuomo for governor, added that he doesn't plan, plan on pressing charges against Cuomo unless, quote, 
I get any more feeling that this guy is a threat to me, adding that he just wanted to get something on the record. What a psycho. East Hampton Police did not respond to the post request for comment, nor did a CNN spokeswoman. And this is just audio. Enough to me. Doing things that spend my... Right here. I don't want to spend my time doing things that I don't think that are valuable enough to me personally. Like what? Well, I don't like what I do professionally. I've decided. All right. Let's see. Is there anything else in here? Jackass, loser, fat tire biker um, to be able to pull over uh, and get in my face and in my space and talk bullshit to me. I don't want to hear it. What a fucking narcissist. That matters to me more than making millions of dollars a year. All right. And that brings us to the end of this article and this episode of Inside Four Walls. Yeah, I mean, this psycho is an endless pool of absolute enjoyment. The American psycho of the press room, if you will. Honestly, I hope I hope a Chris Cuomo, uh, Gavin Newsom presidential ticket comes up. Newsom, Newsom, Newsom Cuomo. I could see it already. Anyway, that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. Everyone knows James Madison, and I shall catch y'all later. Please like, share, comment, subscribe. If you think I got anything wrong... Please let me know in the comments below and leave a article or a source to go with your claims that I got something wrong to correct me because I want to see it from your perspective. That's why I always ask to see your sources. It's not because I'm trying to challenge you. It's because if I can read what you're reading, I can go into your shoes and get your perspective better. It's not for a confrontational thing. I, I, I've come to the realization a lot of people are taking this as a confrontational challenge. And you know what? Actually, I think that if you take it as a challenge, oh, it's baby, bro. I love you guys. I'll talk to you all later. Peace. Helene Cooper, New York Times. Hi, thanks, Pat, and thanks for doing this. This is for General Van Herc. Uh, because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sty, uh, that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials, and if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with an attempt to identify it. But as far as we know, not a single reporter in Washington pressed the administration to explain that claim. And that's not really surprising. Reporters in Washington no longer dig. They transcribe. And what they transcribe next is almost enough to make you cynical about the role of the press in a free society. It turns out, and we learned this from unnamed officials on background, that allowing Chinese military aircraft to surveil your country, including your missile silos, is not the big deal the rest of us thought it was. In fact, it's routine. It happens all the time. Trump did it too. Quite a bit of it, actually. At least three Chinese spy balloons flew over this country while Donald Trump was president, and despite the anti-China rhetoric, he just let them pass. You didn't know that. Now you do. So settle down. This is normal. In other words, everything Donald Trump did while president is bad, except this, 
letting Chinese spy balloons fly over the country. That's very good. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm Rose James Masson, and let's talk about UFOs and aliens and real aliens invading this country. Are they coming from the sky or the southern border? We'll find out. I'd be very suspicious, ex-NORAD commander says UFOs are concerted effort. <clears throat> Pardon me. By America's enemies to test outdated systems, Pentagon has still not recovered debris from three shot down at weekend. It says at weekend, not during or on weekend. But yeah, they are making no efforts. And you can find a more recent article. They are making no efforts to find and clean any of the refuse from these down planes. But they're telling you, they're telling you right now. We didn't shoot them down so we could spy on them and get more information about the spy drones. Yeah. And what information we have got from what little they have recovered, they're recovering tech made in America, not China. Meanwhile, you have a massive disaster in Ohio that is literally killing people and causing unknown amounts of damage. And you have a border... Which, if you want to talk about fun little aliens invading, how about you talk about the millions who came in from the border through 2022 and before and fucking to this day. We have a, a new article from the Washington Examiner about that exact topic. So, let's get through there. Now that I've sh shown my fucking hands. UFOs shot down in Alaska, Canada, and Michigan, but haven't been recovered, Pentagon officials say. They don't know what they are, <laughs> what they are of, if they are the beginning. There are a growing there are growing demands for answers from the White House. This article is by Jen Smith, chief reporter for DailyMail.com. The Pentagon is yet to recover debris from three of UFO shot down. Already read all of that. Sorry, my system went down for two seconds. <laughs> Let's see. Uh. <clears throat> Three UFOs shot down this weekend over Alaska, Canada, and Michigan, and yet to offer any kind of explanation as to what they are, how they were able to fly, or whether they pose a genuine threat to America. Since Friday, U.S. fighter jets have struck down three objects flying above, uh, again, you're repeating this, above Alaska, Canada, and Michigan. On Monday, John Kirby, the communications coordinator of the National Security Council, revealed the U.S. is yet to recover debris from the aircraft. Former NORAD commander Scott Clancy told CNN he'd be very suspicious. This whole thing's very suspicious, honestly. Quote, This is just conjecture. I think they're seeing the confluence of distinctive activity by our adversaries to test our systems, he said. He went on to explain how old NORAD systems are and how did the sheer number of UFOs show that it was a coordinated effort. It looks to be a coordinated effort because you have more than one. It looks like a coordinated effort. Earlier, John Kirby admitted the U.S. hasn't, rec hasn't yet recovered from the debris. Admitted that the U.S. hasn't yet recovered. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm sure I didn't misread that. Quote, the truth is 
that we haven't been able to gain access to the objects that were shot down Friday, Saturday, and yesterday because of the weather conditions. Bullshit. The third one was shot down yesterday over Lake Huron, so it's underwater. We're going to do everything we can to recover them, he told MSNBC. Kirby insisted the balloons could be the beginning and could be benign. My apologies. Could be benign. I'm dyslexic as fuck. Could be benign and tried to assure Americans these could be totally explainable reasons for these objects that are flying over around out there. All out there. Hmm. There are coordinated entities that operate these kind of things. We just don't know as soon. We just don't know as soon as we can get to the debris. We'll share what we can. It doesn't have to be nefarious. Hmm. His assurances fu- fell on deaf ears of growing numbers of Republicans and Americans demanding answers. Pentagon officials held a press conference on set on Sunday night in the middle of the Super Bowl when the majority of the country was distracted. It's almost like this whole thing is a distraction, but who knows? When they failed to answer many questions. Right here real quick, a little video. Joining us now, National Security Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications at the White House, retired Rear Admiral John Kirby. Very good to have you on the show this morning. Our government official is ready to tell us what these objects were. They've got to have an idea. Thanks, Mika. Appreciate having having me on here. Uh, We are going to continue to share as much information with the American people as we can as we learn more about uh, these objects. Um, The truth is that we haven't been able to gain access to the three that were shot down Friday, Saturday, and yesterday, uh, in large part because of the weather conditions. And and the third one yesterday was shot down over Lake Huron, so it's underwater. So we're going to do everything we can to recover them. And as soon as we do that, we'll learn more about them, and we will absolutely share what we can learn with the American people. So, so Admiral, is, is there a possibility that these objects could be uh, from, uh, could, could they be commercial in nature? Could it be, could it be from, from a tech company that, that you know, yeah. you've got Google Earth and you've got other people that want to map out the entire Earth? Is that a possibility that you all are considering? Absolutely, Joe. I mean, there, there could be completely uh, benign and, <laughs> and totally explainable reasons Sorry. for why these, these objects are flying around up there. Uh, certainly don't have to be nefarious at all. There are corporate entities that, that operate these kinds of things. There are academic research institutions that, that do this sort of thing. Uh, we just don't know. But as soon as we can find out, we can get the debris and we can find out, we'll absolutely share what we can. But Admiral, talk about the danger for uh, a commercial airliner uh, going at a very high rate of speed at 40,000 feet, coming up on one of these things suddenly could take them down. That was one of the reasons why we took these actions over the last three days, Joe, because of the altitude that these things were flying and, this, and the size, which was very, very small. Compared to the Chinese spy balloon that was shot down a couple of weeks ago, uh, these were much smaller. And they were at altitudes of Friday and Saturday's incident of 40,000 feet. Yesterday mm-hmm. was much lower, around 20,000 feet. So you can understand our concern with respect to civil air traffic there, because most civil air traffic is somewhere around 30,000 feet, at least for the ones that are flying across the continent. Uh, so that was, a, that was a real concern. John Pritchard Haas, have we had any communications here with any... All right, folks. Remember what he said about the planes. We will get to that. Good afternoon. And this is Pentagon reports high altitude objects over Alaska was brought down. I'm sure we've all seen these clips. Let's see, is there a way to speed it up? No. And everyone, thanks very much for your patience while we were delayed a little bit. I have a few things to talk about up top, and then we'll get right to your questions. Uh, So first of all, to add to information already provided 
earlier by the White House at the direction of the President of the United States, fighter aircraft assigned to U.S. Northern Command successfully took down a high-altitude airborne object off the northern coast of Alaska at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today within U.S. sovereign airspace over U.S. territorial water. On February 9, North American Aerospace Defense Command detected an object on ground radar and further investigated and identified the object using fighter aircraft. The object was flying at an altitude of 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. U.S. Northern Command is beginning recovery operations now. We have no further details about the object at this time, including any description of its capabilities, purpose, or origin. The object was about the size of a small car, so not similar in size or shape to the high-altitude surveillance balloon that was taken down off the coast of South Carolina on February 4th. What hasn't been said is where this object has come from. Is there any indication that this was also a Chinese surveillance balloon object, whatever it is? Yeah, so at this point, uh, we don't know the origin of the object. Um, again, we will know more uh, once we're able to potentially recover some of those materials. Uh, but the primary concern, again, was the uh, potential hazard to uh, civil flight. Uh, and so, again, we'll know more later. Thank you. Separately, U.S. Northern Command continues their recovery operations in support of the recent takedown of the Chinese high-altitude surveillance balloon. Recovery teams have mapped the debris field and are in the process of searching for and identifying debris on the ocean floor. Debris that's been recovered so far is being loaded onto vessels, taken ashore, cataloged, and then moved onwards to labs for subsequent analysis. And while I won't go into specifics due to classification reasons. I can say that we have located a significant amount of debris so far that will prove helpful to our further understanding of this balloon and its surveillance capabilities. Uh, really quick, when it was started to be tracked last night, were you able to tell what direction it was coming from? Uh, this, this was traveling in a, in a northeasterly direction uh, when it was taken down. And then one more, um, the aircrafts that were observing it, what what type of aircrafts were those? I'll have to come back to you. I think I know, but I don't want to make it up from the podium, so we'll come back to you on that one. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate it. All right. General, uh, General Glenn Van, Van Herc was specifically asked if it's possible that these objects are indicative of extraterrestrial life fucking grown dude look stop all right can you just think back to a couple years ago remember when uh trump continued the yemen raids and everyone was really pissed off at him so all of a sudden there was a bunch of talk about ufo suddenly in like 2016 to like early 2018 and then that died down and then like Late 2019 through early 2020, it was all aliens and UFOs again. Yo, shout out, homie right here recording, went to Area 51. The alien thing is a card they play when they're trying to cover shit up. And again, like I said, we're going to get into that in this episode. There's a lot to cover up. And it's interesting that these balloons are affecting fucking airways and making planes get landed every few days. And the fact that they just keep coming and they don't stop coming. Kind of like anywhere where Harvey Weinstein is in proximity to Megan McCurdy. Now, <clears throat> the problem with it all is the World Economic Forum is constantly saying, 
wouldn't want to land the planes and the commoners will not have to will have to not fly no more we would cause great catastrophes and it's like all right well he's talking about cyber 911s disrupting the food and supply chain and then he was talking about how they need to bring the the commercial airline industry to a complete halt and an end oh look things in the sky keep bringing planes down not to mention the fucking already mounting struggles of the airline industry Jeez, how convenient. Again, I know this all sounds like crazy conspiracy theories unless you're in the know, but if you're in the know, you know. And again, most people seem to be catching on at a rapid pace. But extraterrestrial life? I fucking doubt it. I wish. Sounds fun. Quote, I'll let the intel community and the counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything because we want you to think and keep guessing. And if you guys spin yourself into a frenzy, you probably won't come to the conclusion that's reality. Quote, at this point, we continue to assess every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America with an attempt to identify it, he said. He said once the object was shot down on Friday, was found, the U.S. was uh, would send crews out to recover it. Quote, we're actively searching for the objects right now. I've got a Navy P-8, which is a survey, which is surveilling there, and with helicopters as well. Once we locate the object, we will put an art uh, an Arctic security package in there and begin the analysis to recover. But we don't have that right now, he said. But by Monday morning, that recovery was yet to begin. He added that it was the first time the U.S. has had to shoot down any kind of aircraft in NORAD's fi- uh, 65-year history. Quote, I believe this is the first time within the United States of a- or America airspace that NORAD or the United States Northern Command has had to- has had to take has taken blah, kinetic action against an airborne object. I have a map here of February, uh, Friday, February 10th, second object shot down right over Alaska. Uh, Saturday, the sec- uh, February 11th, the next day, third object shot down right over the Yukon down here. Saturday, uh, the 11th of February, radar anomaly detected, no object found over Montana. We found out later on that that object was the first object shot down. When it came and started floating over Montana. And by the way, I find it interesting you see no object found. When we knew it was floating over the airfields of Montana. It was a fucking spy balloon, dude. And it says first object shot down. February 4th. And this is today shot down. Which is a little out of date. But it's right over there. At the Globe of Michigan and Lake Huron. Since February 4th. The U.S. jets have shot down four objects. Including the Chinese spy balloon. Unlike the balloon, there have been no images of the other three objects. Uh, that's probably for a reason. That's also probably why it's the only thing the Chinese are complaining about. The Chinese have only complained about the one balloon, dude. Probably for a reason. It's not just the fact that we don't have any videos or pictures of these other ones. And by the way, remember, they said, oh, well, when the first spy balloon showed up, they said, oh, well, you know, uh, um, uh, fuck, uh, well, you know, three came under Trump. Yeah, we have no pictures, no evidence of it. And then here's this, right? We don't have any pictures or any evidence of it. They've all been significantly higher than the spy balloon was. What if the government is just saying, no, you know, don't let, you know, the the crowds worry about spy balloon. This is a tragedy. Don't let it go to waste. We can use this to really stir people up. 
they like it when you're afraid. Fear steals, fear steers votes. And that's what the system wants, and that's assuming votes even really matter to begin with. I just find it very interesting that there was such a, uh, a such a delayed reaction to the first balloon, which, again, I'm going to... I'm not one of these people acting like the first balloon is not real. The first, the spy balloon was absolutely real. Now, a lot of the stories and narratives behind it are starting to unravel in real time around us. And the rest of these floating objects are kind of a mystery. And there's like no effort to clean up or recover them at all. I don't know, man. Little, the assertions of aliens are a nice little distraction. And from Rep. Jack Bergman. <clears throat> some tweets here. I've been in contact with the DOD, Department of Defense, regarding operations across the Great Lakes region today. The U.S. military has decommissioned another object over Lake Huron. I appreciate the decisive action by our fighter pilots. The American people deserve far more answers than we have. Scrolling down by Matt Rosendale. Rosendale. Airspace is reopened. I will remain in contact with defense officials and... Share more information as it becomes available. <gasps> Ooh, pardon me. Mountain uh, Montanans deserves Montanians deserve answer. Curiosity and concern has also been fueled by the description of the objects from the pl- from the pilots who shot them down. Some of those pilots said the crafts were somehow able to interfere with their radar sensors. A worrying detail that raises separate questions of whether. The U.S. will be able to continue to shoot down any other that may appear. And there's the, the fear. They also reported to officials that they weren't able to detect how the objects were able to stay in the air because there, wa- there was no propulsion. Huh, tricky that. ABC, ABC News also cites officials with knowledge, unnamed officials with knowledge, who said the pilots described them as cylindrical and silverish gray. Silverish gray. Mm. The three new objects were detected after NORAD adjusted the sensitivity of its radar system following the arrival of the spy balloon. Right after all the new systems, huh? The sudden flurry of aircrafts has sparked an onslaught of conspiracy theories. Senator Marco Rubio last week sparked even more concern between that UFOs have been flying into American American airspace for years. Chinese officials have also claimed the U.S. has flown balloons, balloons over their airspace multiple times since the beginning of 2022, which makes sense because we're going to get into it here in a minute. These things have tons of American parts on it. And meanwhile, everything the Chinese uses, well, you know, made in China, including the shit we use typically. John, John Kirby, the communications coordinator of the National Security Council, insisted th- this morning that this is not the case. Quote, absolutely not, he said. Montana se- uh, Senator Matt Rosendale is among these those demanding answers. Also this morning, former Obama intelligence official Jeremy Bash said it was ordinary to assume hostile intent. Quote, assume hostile intent if you're in doubt. Shoot it out of the sky, he told the Today Show, adding he uh, he would know more from the videos obtained by the pilots from the coming closer to the objects on the ground. We have a video of the recovery of one of the, of the air, the, the spy balloon specifically.
Yeah. Alright, that's enough of that. And that's the end of this article. Now let's scroll down here. Let's see what the comments are saying. Just the first three. Uh, Non-hexadecimal. How about we update the systems? Well, that's what John McAfee was saying in 2016 and 2020. Uh, assessment whiz. The Tic Tac UFO is really amazing in terms of speed and maneuverability and such. And as such, I doubt it's from Earth. Oh, God, here we go. In case it is, it would either be from a country where it was spotted or the country or from a country that would that is peaceful and low key. The bullish countries would HV would have been eager to announce it to bully. Okay, and mayhem spelled with the three instead of an e. The pin for the balloon number two appears to have uh, to be a appears to be on top of Tampa Bay, Florida. All right, well, insightful stuff in the comments. Uh, again, this article is over at the Daily now. Let's move on over, shall we? <clears throat> Senators say very disturbing possibility U.S. manufacturing may have helped build Chinese surveillance balloon. Again, anything after the Chinese spy balloon, I'm hesitating to take that seriously. But the spy balloon, I do take seriously. But I think everything else after that is just a convenient threat to A, ground planes, B, keep people from looking at what's going on in Ohio right now, and C, well... Serp fear. Military-industrial complex wants war. Joe Biden was a return to the status quo. Status quo American government is war machine. Senator <clears throat> Howley and Sullivan say administration officials didn't answer definitively if U.S. manufacturing was used to build Chinese spy balloon by Brianna Harrelly and Kelly Local of Fox News. Loco of Fox News. Republican senators say that the administration officials didn't dismiss the possibility of U.S. manufacturing aid in construction of Chinese surveillance balloons in a classified briefing with senators on, Tuesday, on Thursday. Following a classified briefing Thursday with officials from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, ODNI, and the Department of Defense, DOD, and the State Department, Senators Josh Howley, Republican from Montana, and Dan Sullivan, a Republican from Alaska, said that the questions are whether American companies helped build the Chinese surveillance balloon was raised uh, was raised in the briefing, and the officials didn't answer dis- definitively. Quote, American companies shouldn't be helping build spy satellites that are used against their own citizens, Sullivan I mean, Bay Sullivan told reporters at the Capitol after after the briefing, quote, maybe there's nothing to be said about that, he said, but somebody asked about it, and nobody, nobody in that briefing said, oh, no, not that's not a problem. Senator Howley, in an interview, said with Fox News Digital, quote, of, of course I'm concerned about the possibility of that. Uh... Quote continues, I don't think there are there was any definitive answer on that, but the question was asked by a senator. And, you know, I think that's that. That's, um, that's I'm not having a stroke. It says that, that's that. A very, a very, a very, again, that's how it's written, disturbing possibility, Howley said, quote, obviously, the other thing 
that is made crystal clear from this briefing was how unprepared and totally unprepared the administration was, and frankly, the Pentagon was for this to happen. He said, quote, And listen, they've already made it, uh, made it public, and we've known that there have been previous balloons flight over the territories and, of course, the United States in the past years. They knew that already, and yet... They had nothing prepared to deal with the espionage balloons that came right over the United States. I mean, it's really, it really, it is, it's really, it is, it is, again, that's how it's written, not me having a stroke. It is an incredible, incredible lack of planning, and frankly, I think major, major lapses of judgment, Holly said. He sounds like Tommy Two-Time. You ever watch Goodfellas? We call him Tommy Two-Time because it's everything two times. Fox News confirmed the Chinese spy balloon had Western-made parts with English writing according to the source familiar with the classified briefing Thursday. Yeah, well, all that font written on the side of the balloon that was like, what does it say in Chinese? Yeah, it was in fucking English. It said USA. However, the State Department said earlier Thursday, quote, We are confident that the balloon manufacturer has a direct relationship with the Chinese military and is an approved vendor of... The PLA, People Liberation Army. According to the information published in an official uh, procurement portal for the PLA, Sullivan also said that he is encouraging officials to keep briefings on the spy balloon, which was reported to be hovering over Alaska la uh, last week before traversing most of the U.S. mainland before being shot down. Saturday by a U.S. military missile. Quote, what, uh, what we were just briefed on, I think it is just been made public, right? Let the American people know the exact, the extent of the challenges, Sullivan said. Quote, you know how when JFK realized we had missiles on the island of Cuba, right? The United States went public. So we should let the people know when this happened previously. Explain it. Explain why we didn't. But I think that's going to be going to be up to the executive branch. We'll let the briefing include Morgan Maurer, Muir, Deputy Director for Mission Integration and ODNI, Dr. Colin Kahn, Cal, uh, Undersecretary of Defense Policy for the DOD, well, duh, Lieutenant Glenn Douglas Sims, the second director of operations of the joint uh, joint staff, Glenn Oder Van Herk, commander of the United States Northern Command and North American uh, Aerospace Defense Command, and Wendy Sherman, deputy secretary of the St of state. Ah, have this little video here. Recovery effort continues off the South Carolina coast where the Chinese surveillance balloon was shot down. But now we are learning the massive size and scope of the Chinese surveillance program that really spans the globe. Congressional correspondent Aisha Hosni has the latest from Capitol Hill. On Thursday, every lawmaker in the House and Senate will get a classified briefing from defense, intelligence, and State Department officials on the Chinese spy balloon 10 days after it entered the mainland. House leaders already filled in. It's very important that we do capture it, find out what's on it, find out what they are doing. New images show the Navy working around the clock to recover the rest of the downed aircraft as China's dirty secret is out. This is what we assess as part of a larger 
Chinese uh, surveillance balloon program. The Pentagon reveals China's espionage program is run by the People's Liberation Army and based in the Hainan Island province, designed to gather intelligence on military capabilities. When you look at the scope of this program, uh, and the fact that we know that these balloons have been spotted and what we now can sub subsequently assess to be Chinese balloons operating over at least five continents in regions like Latin America, South America, uh, Southeast Asia, uh, East Asia, and Europe. We already shared information with dozens of countries around the world. The Pentagon further clarifying they no longer have a domain awareness gap that led to NORAD missing multiple balloons during the Trump administration. We've learned a lot how to track them. Despite the urgency on the Hill, President Biden waiting an hour before addressing China during his State of the Union, spending just 90 seconds on the topic. If China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Largely, Republican criticism was swift. Yeah, McCarthy looks so unlogged. I identified China much earlier. I think that was a, a missed opportunity for certain. And Brett, also happening tomorrow, Democratic Senator from Montana, John Tester, will conduct an oversight hearing into why the military allowed this spycraft into U.S. airspace in the first place. Brett? And they completely unchallenged, too. Baker in the House and Senate will... There we go. All right, now let's move on. I'm not going to read this whole thing, just part of it, before we really move on to the real issue at hand. Quote, it's been happening for years. Marco Rubio says UFOs have routinely operated over-restricted U.S. airspace, but America, is, America has no idea what they are or where they come from as Pentagon refuses to rule out three objects shot down over the weekend are aliens. Now, here's the thing. Press, the press secretary has already ruled it out and said that's not it at all. So there has been official rule on it. Rubio and former defense officials criticized USAF, you know, uh, <clears throat> ooh, for only just discovering UFOs. A third unknown aerial object, yeah, ooh, just now we found them, was shot down over the Great Lakes on Sunday. Authorities are not ruling out. The three objects most recent the three most recent objects could be aliens. US Senator Mark Rubio has claimed UFOs have been operating over restricted US airspace for years amid a slew of sightings over America and Canada in recent days. A fighter jet shot down an unidentified object over Lake Huron on Sunday on orders from President Joe Biden. It was the third such downing in three days. And fourth in fourth in eight, including the Chinese spy balloon shot down on February fourth, uh, Republican Rubio tweeted, "The last seventy-two hours revealed to the public what was going, what was happening for years. Unidentified aircraft routinely operated over restricted U.S. airspace. This is why I pushed to take this seriously and create a permanent UPA." Unidentified aerial phenomena, phenomena, blah, equivalent to UFOs. So why not just keep it as UFOs? Also, Marco Rubio is aged so rapidly. Wow. Are you sure he's not an alien pretending to be Marco Rubio? Let's see. Rubio is the vice chair, uh, chairman of the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, and has long pushed for designation of designation on. My apologies. Has pushed for a destigmatization on UFO reporting. His comments came 
as the Pentagon refused to rule out the possibility that the UFO shot out of the sky may not be of this world. Meanwhile, Christopher Mellon, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence in the Clinton-George W. Bush administration, admonished the Air Force for having only just noticed the unidentified craft. And then uh, down here we have a tweet from Christopher K. Mellon. The USAF really has some explaining to do when it comes to the UAP. People, uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. People who are surprised at the presence of these objects haven't been paying attention. Uh, One of the reasons why I've been calling for the changes to pay uh to pay our sensors and reporting procedures for years uh wait one of those reasons why i've been calling for changes to our sensor and reporting procedures for years Seems to be a lot of information. Oh, this is one of those constantly updating articles. Gotcha. Okay, well, let's move on. So, we want to talk about alien invasions, huh? How about we go over to the Washington Examiner? How the illegal immigrant population could stay at 11 million for two decades. 11 million. And this article just came out February 15th, 2023, by Anna uh, Gratelli and Homeland Security, Homeland Security Reporter. The estimated illegal immigrant population in the United States has uh, remained virtually unchanged for nearly two decades, despite a myriad of events that have affected immigration and im, uh, immigration and immigration. The latest, uh, the latest available data shows approximately 11 million people resided in the country in 2018 as a result of entering or coming over the border without permission or entering lawfully but failing to depart on time. The number has been cited by presidents through the past four administrations by researchers and by advocacy groups, yet despite the passage of time, it seems to never change. In 2006, the nonpartisan Pew Research Center in in Washington, found between 11.5 million and 12 million people were illegal immigrants. Two years later, Pew determined that number was around 11.8 million people. Arrests of Chinese immigrants illegally crossing the U.S.-Mexico border jumps 1,230% in January this year, by the way. Former President Barack Obama stated in 2010 that 11 million undocumented migrants were in the U.S., in 2016, President Donald Trump asked about the, quote, 11 million illegal immigrants during a campaign speech in Arizona. Last November, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, called for a, quote, a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. No, definitely the path. However, the 11 million migrants... Uh, here in 2003 are not necessarily the same in the country today. Quote, You see people uh, saying all the time that the estimates of the population have been stuck at 11 million for so many years, said Michelle um, Stat, 
Director of Communications and Public Affairs at the Migration Policy Institution in Washington during a phone call Tuesday. Quote, the thing people are not factoring into the equation is that it is not a static population. People return to countries of origin. People die. People move to other countries. People, in some cases, are able to legalize their status. Illegal immigrant population rose steadily for decades around the turn of the century. 8.5 million people were residing in the U.S. according to data from the Department of Homeland Security Office of Immigration Statistics. The population continued to increase in the early 2000s and topped at 10.5 million by 2005, even as George W. Bush administration moved to wall off parts of the southern border. Uh, Were... Uh, predominantly Mexican men came across illegally in the search of blue-collar jobs. Mexican citizens have long made up the greatest portion of this population, but many returned to Mexico by 2009 as the Great Recession hit all corners of the American economy, um, stats said. In addition, let's see. Let's, uh, Let's get to the real juicy part here, shall we? You can read this whole article. I will put it in the description below. Now, let's go right here. Mestat said the coronavirus pandemic interrupted the decimal national census in 2020 and rendered many of the results unusable. The census was also mirrored in legal drama over the Trump administration wanting to ask a citizen ask a citizenship question that was ultimately blocked by the Supreme Yeah, that was bullshit by the way. Yeah, the census was asking, can you verify that you are a legal US citizen? And everyone threw a fit about it. Fuck you. And by the way, here's the problem with them not counting that. If you're asking, well what does it matter? If they can't vote, what's it matter? Because of the census says, oh, this area is bigger. It doesn't factor in if you can vote or not. It just says, oh, more people are living here, so it needs more representation. That could open up more seats to be filled in the local government, which expands the government and gives more seats in the House of Representatives, aka giving that area, left or right, more power based on how many legal immigrants there are, which is bullshit. Um, let's see... Uh, we have been a substantial number of border arrivals in the past few years. We don't know how much of that, of that in, in immigration, most of that weird space, is offset by emigration, in particular of the large Mexican unauthorized population that has been shrinking since 2008's recession, uh, Ms. Stats said. The influx of immigrants at the southern border over the past two years has resulted in two million people being released into the U.S. to await immigration court hearings years down the road. Down years down the road. That's one of the people they've caught and tagged, by the way. Don't forget about the millions who came by who were not caught. And remember during the vaccine mandate while these people were coming in illegally and they weren't being forced to get vaccinated and that was the whole deal? Yeah. A spokesperson for 
Numbers USA, a conservative, uh, conservative-leaning immigration think tank in Washington, said it was quote fair to say that the illegal immigration population has probably gone up as a result of the mass release. Unless two million people have left, or you've had deaths, or that number has been made up for with adjustments in immigration status, then you would think that our illegal alien population is at least 13 million by now. Chris uh, Kamalinsky, Number USA Vice President and Deputy Director, uh, Kamalinsky added that the 11 million figure from 2018 was valid and would not the 20 million or 30 million figure that others, including Yale University and Massachusetts Institute of Technology, have have purported quote i tend to believe the nu- believe the number he said i tend to think it's a lot higher because we have so many people that are just undo- undocumented and uncounted for this through our border this year i would lean more towards the 20 or 30 million figure but interesting and how about this for time's sake this is going to do an ohio episode before I, I i wrap it up for the day let's go over here to the New York Post. You want to talk about Chinese spy balloons and other mysterious balloons? Here, how about we talk about crafts piloted by the U.S. government bringing aliens into our country and shuttling them all over. Not only did they bring hundreds upon hundreds of aliens, meaning illegal immigrants, to Tennessee and other red states along the south to offshore them from Texas, they brought them to northern states. Check this out. Portraying the American people, leaked video reveals Joe Biden's hush-hush migrant invasion. Let's turn this volume all the way up and watch this. What's captions going? Okay. Yeah. And who's that by? DHS? Yes. That in the United States Army. Yeah. Yeah. But DHS wants everything. Yeah. Like, the one that's through. right there? Yeah, we're I mean, not allowed to. Okay, I'll take your name. I don't care. Your state ID is yeah, fine. State ID, but my thing is, I See, I don't care. I'll take anybody. It's fine. Oh, man. We're not supposed to be showing IDs. Everything is supposed to be hush hush. But you know what? If I show you my ID, I'm up front with you. The next time you see me, hey, I know who he is. Yeah, it's easy. See what I'm saying? That's and then, and if you don't, I could just just not let you out. <laughs> not only that, but you can also turn around and say, hey, you know what? I'm not in the Easy, easy peasy. I like you got a job to do. I got a job to do. We all got jobs to do. Jesus Christ. Moving on. While Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi got all uh, go to an all out, uh, go all out to protect Ukraine's national sovereignty. At the same time, they were orchestrating a clandestine invasion of America of America across the southern border. Two million illegal immigrants from dozens of countries crossed over the Mexican border last year. And the Biden administration is facilitating the cartel's people smuggling operation at taxpayers' expense under cover of darkness. Every night, the federal government is trans... Every night. 
the federal government is transporting illegal immigrants as fast as it can away from the borders on secret charter flights so unsuspecting communities around the country or two unsuspecting communities around the country. Officials have lied and orchestrated the few journal and have yeah obstructed the few journalists who have tried to reveal the truth. This is nothing short of a betrayal of the American people. And that's not just me saying it. Those are the exact words of one federal government contractor employed to transportate migrants to transport migrants from the southern border to the airport in White Plains. Quote, the government is betraying the American people, the contractor told Westchester County Police Officer in a conversation that was recorded on the cop's body cam on the tarmac of the county airport. On August 13, 2021, the men were standing beside the Boeing 737 flown in from Fort Bliss, Texas. It's an Air Force plane. IAO Airways, under the charter by federal government. That is rough. The 51-minute footage was obtained under a Freedom of Information Request Act by former Winchester County Executive Rob Asterno, a Republican candidate for governor in 2022. Throughout the footage, Police Sergeant Michael Hamborski expressed frustration at that the local police have been given no information about the flights arriving after curfew. After curfew. At the airport, in breach of security protocols, quote, uh, quote, you're on a secure, fa- you're on a secure facility here. We really don't know anything about anything, and we're in charge of security. I really don't know anything, and we're in charge of security. He tells one of the federal contractors, quote, "This is anti all our security stuff. The IA, the IARO." flight that was that so puzzled Hamborski that night was just one of the almost nightly charter flights that began uh shuttling migrants into the suburban Westchester airport after curfew from the places like McAllen El Paso and Houston Texas last year beginning at least as dating back as at least as far back as August 8th the flight stopped only after the post revealed their existence in late October and that would be of last year so meaning uh, within the last 5 months this was still going on the body cam footage shows Mborski uh courteously but persistently questioning dozens of federal contractors who were bustling around the tarmac overseeing migrants uh, disembarking and boarding American Dream charter buses awaiting on the tarmac between 6.15 and 7 a.m. On your dime, they were migrating illegal aliens through Air Force jets. And the Air Force fucking knew it. How about that? Borski assertions that the plane arrived at 11.48 p.m. the previous night with 142 immigrants on board, also on board, were 12 chaperones, employees of the MVM Incorporated. 
a controversial private security firm that was a major contractor for the CIA and the NSA in Iraq. Careful, man. Blackwater got fucked up doing that work. And which last year signed a $136 million contract with the federal government to transport illegal migrants and unaccompanied children around the country. Meaning to illegally traffic minors and illegal immigrants around the country. The body can begin, well I guess the children also illegal immigrants too. Oof. The body can begins in the pre-drawn darkness, pre-dawn darkness at 6.09 a.m. With Hamdorsky parks, uh, parks his squad car on the airfield next to the hangar of Ross Aviation, whose employees are assisting with refueling the plane. Hamdorsky, Hamborsky asks the CIDs of the MVM contractors. Quote, I can give you my state ID, replies one man. But work IDs were not allowed to. But we're, work IDs were not allowed to. And Borsky, interesting, tells the contractors, quote, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on here, who's who, and how I'm supposed to keep this secure. The contractors start giving him lanyards from around their necks. Okay, quote, one says, we're not allowed to have our pictures taken when, uh, when we get on base. Unfucking believable, uh, Hamborski replies. Quote, and who is that by DHS Department of Homeland Security? Yes, and the United States Army is the reply. You're on a federal installation, but DHS wants everything on the down low. Look at these buses. Hamborski asks another contractor why they come to the small airport like Westchester. Quote. You don't want to be somewhere somewhere in the spotlight, wherever the spotlight is, is the reply. Quote, you want to try and be as low-key as possible. A lot of this is just down-low stuff that we don't tell people because what we, uh, what we don't want to do is, a, is attract attention. We don't want the media. Like we don't even know what we're do- what we're going to. Uh, we don't even know where we're going when they tell us. Another contractor tells Imborski, "Quote: Listen, my thing is I like to comply, but technically we're not supposed to show IDs or anything. Like I said, everything is supposed to be hush hush." Imborski replies, with good natured but mounting exasperation. "Quote." And if you don't, I could just not let you out. Which is a little bit of a threat. Quote, I don't care if it's a military or not. We gotta know who people are. The way the TSA, the Federal Transportation Security Administration, works is we're supposed to have a certain designated number of passengers for each chaperone. Well, there's 60 kids here, and there's two guys. Two migrants grab the bags out of their out here and next thing you know we could be playing tag all night i have taken my shoes off when i get onto the plane uh these guys are grabbing their bags and getting on buses one of the buses uh bus drivers waiting for the migrant passenger to board tells Imborski that he has no idea of his destination they tell a, a quote they didn't tell you where you, where it's going 
asks the cops. The driver replies, quote, they never do. Jesus. Himbersky learns that one of the MVM contractors that Delaware and Virginia are two destinations later. He told two more of the buses that are heading to Madison, New Jersey, with one continuing to Maryland. So illegally immigrating confirmed to Delaware, Virginia, uh, New Jersey, Maryland, uh, Tennessee, New York, Washington, Maine. Nice. Quote, you're trying to figure out what this is? Asked one of the drivers. Good luck with that. Hemdorsky replies, quote, you're on a security facility and we don't really know anything and we're in charge of security. Hence why you're having the problem here. The driver sympathizes. Yeah, I used to pick up basketball teams that have more security. Oof. Quote, 100% agrees Hamborski. Quote, we still don't really know what's happening, how they're getting here. Meanwhile, in the background, migrants can be seen packing up identical bags laid out on the tarmac and heading towards buses. Most look to be in the middle to late teens, although there are a few older adult males. They can be heard speaking Spanish. The drivers say usually the buses are waiting when the migrant flights arrive. But this night, someone dropped the ball. One says his boss rang him in panic at 12.24 a.m. saying, quote, We need four buses right away. We're a family-owned business, explains one driver. We're subcontractors of, of a government contractor. It's one of those things you can't turn down because once you sign the contract, you're a slave to the grind. Later, in the body cam recording, a contractor tells Haborski, quote, I get the whole secrecy and all that shit, but this is even above my fucking pay grade. The fuck? You know what I mean? Hamborski replies, quote, and why? And, uh, and why? You know why. The contractor replies, quote, you know why. Look who's in office. That's why. Come on. Hamborski replies, what's the big secret? The contractor replies, quote, you know why. Because of this gets out, the government is betraying the American people. He knows, everyone knows, that America doesn't want their country to be invaded by millions, millions of illegal immigrants. Hence, the secrecy and lies from the Biden administration out of the mouth of the agent working itself. Now, that's the real alien invasion. Since, people want, since the government wants to start playing with the alien narrative... Fine, I'll give you a fucking alien narrative. There's your goddamn alien narrative. Joe Biden, the great chief, bringing in all the little fucking aliens from abroad into your own backyard on your dime. That being said, this is Inside Four Walls. I gotta try and get this Ohio episode out, but I am so tired. It is 8.12 a.m. I gotta leave for work at 10. So, I'm gonna grab a cold shower. Drink a Red Bull. And get that Ohio episode out as fast as possible. That being said, thank you for watching Inside Four Walls. If you think I made a mistake, please leave a comment in the description below with a source. Uh, and again, I'm asking to see a source to challenge you. If I can read what you're reading, I can get the your side of the story from your perspective. And that's all I'm asking for. That being said, I'll catch y'all later. Peace.
these aren't these aren't these aren't storm clouds this is the fucking shit that they burn off the fucking shit they burn off in east palestine this is not fucking storm clouds look at it this is over darlington This is their fucking success. That ain't no fucking storm cloud. That's the fucking shit from East Palestine. They're fucking controlled burn. I'm ready. Let's get out of here. I wish we could get the fuck out of here. You motherfuckers. You fucking greedy motherfuckers. Impatient bitches. You could have fucking waited. You could have fucking called the tanks. You could have transferred the contents. You didn't have to do this. You did it because of time and money. That's exactly why you did it. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm with James Masson, and now let's get into the real important story. Now, there's a lot to get into with this one. This the Ohio story started on February 3rd, officially. That's when the train derailed, and then they decided to prevent any sort of explosion. They set many thousands and thousands of pounds and gallons of various toxic chemicals on fire which has created a massive plume which has flew into the sky and got into the rain the water everything and the devastation is immeasurable and i i'm willing to bet that everything past the initial chinese spy balloon which even then i'm starting to have questions about because that spy balloon we're finding out more and more based on what we're getting from it only because of independent journalists reporting on it and again, the independent journalists are reporting on it, and then the big mainstream media comes limping afterwards that we're finding out more and more as the day goes on. It was made in the U.S. Now, China is responding with hostility, saying that there will be repercussions for shooting down their balloons. So, I will confidently say it is theirs, but why are we helping them build these fucking things? Second, why did it get to float here for so fucking long? Third, I bet everything after that first spy balloon is a cover-up for this. I don't know what the fuck anyone involved with this was thinking. But it is bad. Let's get into it. Upset Ohio town residents seek answers over train derailment. Residents of the town village upended by the freight train derailment package packed a school gym to seek answers about whether they were safe from toxic chemicals that spilled 
or were burnt off. Now, here's the thing. They lied to you directly about the air being breathable after 9-11, saying there was no asbestos or toxic chemicals in the air. Thanks to Anthony fucking Weiner of all people. <clears throat> we now know that that was absolutely a lie, and he grilled Republicans and Democrats up the chain of command alike for that, dis- for that horrific discretion. Now, let's scroll down here. Go over here. To the right. High factuality, WHP. Then we're going to go over here to the left. Uh, Pen Live from two hours ago, right here in the center. For some reason, the Albany Herald from an hour ago. I'm having some uh, issues getting it to load. So instead, I hopped over here to a local news affiliate that stationed uh, NBC4 Columbus. So it's, you know, it's over there. So we're, we'll be going with them. If you have a better source in mind, please leave it in the, in the you know, comments below. But we'll stick to independent center-based sources. Local residents pressure, press for answers in East Palestine derailment by Kyle Beachy. Now, what is this? Only those are over the age of 21, you know, can place a wager. Let me do a little refresh here, see what this video is all about. Palestine had their first chance to raise their concerns after the train derailment and chemical fire. They did this today. Two town hall meetings took place. In fact, earlier today, some of those affected by the derailment filed a federal lawsuit. NBC4's Kyle Beachy has been keeping up with some of the concerns expressed today. He joins us now. So what's been the response? Well, the response was great from the town. Everybody showed up, but the response from the rail company, not that much. Actually, the company responsible, Norfolk Southern, didn't even show up to those town hall meetings today. The mayor says representatives from the railroad giant were scared for their safety. Now, a class action lawsuit filed Wednesday in the Northern District of Ohio seeks to take Norfolk Southern to trial, accusing the company of negligence and exposing residents to dangerous toxins. It's not exactly a new thing for rail cars to derail or for hazmat shipments to leak. According to the U.S. Department of Transportation, around one. Dude, this wasn't a fucking leak, though. They, in order to prevent a major hazardous leak, set the chemicals on fire. No, that's such that, that's an excuse that anyone with a pair of fucking eyes and a functioning brain can debunk. And more than 1,000 derailments every year. A huge improvement from 50 years ago. And there were over 6,000 trains. This is clearly so different. But data doesn't help answer this community's questions. The 
Ohio EPA says they haven't found any contaminated groundwater just yet, but the water uh -huh. supply is a huge concern, and it's Bullshit. an issue politicians agree on. Of course, we need to get to the bottom of why this happened, but we've absolutely got to know that people's drinking water is safe. This is not a Democrat or Republican issue. This is a human rights, uh, Ohio citizen's right mm. to be feeling safe and secure in their homes. Now, right now, they do have bottled water for everyone in the area. And a federal EPA administrator is holding a public briefing tomorrow afternoon in East Palestine. And you can hear from Congressman J.D. Vance Sunday on the spectrum. Carrie? All right, Kyle, thanks. NBC4 has been following this story since the derailment happened. For complete coverage, visit our website. Right. It's very interesting they say the water's safe. It is not. I will tell you for a definitive fact, it is not safe. Now, I cannot say uh, with any certainty other than I have a strong gut feeling and an inkling that this is a major, major fuck-up that's getting worse and worse by the second. There are people with serious concerns saying that there are signs that this pollution is getting into Kentucky. And I am constantly back bouncing back and forth between Michigan and Ohio. So it's only a matter of time before the area I'm at could possibly be contaminated by this very pollution. And how long till it gets to you? All these waterways are connected. This is a massive fuck-up. And the only question left is, was it intentional? Who Was it an accident? Who is at fault? And why the fuck did they decide to do what they could? They could have released these containers. They had the ability to burn it. They had the ability to drain it. Something very fucked up is happening and happened. And the amount of press refusing to talk about it and put two and two together is staggering. And it's putting everyone's lives at risk in and around these areas and the neighboring states as this thing spreads out like an infection in the body. It's in the food. It's in the waterways. Things are just deers are dropping dead. Wildlife are dropping dead. People's entire livestock are just dropping. All that at a time when we're facing national food shortages, egg shortages, so on and so forth. We're dealing with this. I'm just, I'm very skeptical. It's very alarming to me that, that the overall larger mainstream media isn't want to talk about this. And they do, they really brush over so many of the details, but hopefully to your guys' satisfaction, that's where I might step in. And we have a couple articles to get into and some videos to watch. Residents press for answers in each East Palestine derailment. Columbus, Ohio, WCMH. Citizens of East Palestine and the surrounding areas had their first chance to raise concerns. Is this just a transcript? Yes, this is entirely just Hold on. We're going to hop over here, actually, and that article will be in the description below if you'd like to go read it. We're over here to, here to the Daily Mail. Don't tell me it's safe. Residents of East Palestine express fears about returning after it's revealed there were more toxic chemicals on derailed Ohio train than originally reported and thousands of livestock left dead. Now, if this is the first video on my channel you are watching, we've covered this exact topic a couple times, but this article, for those of you who are returning viewers... This is one of the times we're getting the residents' first-hand perspective. And we need to get that because too many outlets are, are, are trying to overlook this. And people, you need to give a, a respect to people like Jimmy Dore, 
uh, Styx, Timcast, um, hell, even uh, the Young Turks brought it up. No, very deep into it, but at least they brought it up. So I'll give credit where it's where it's due. Now let's get down to it. About 50 cars, including 10 carrying hazardous materials, derailed in a fiery crash in East Palestine on on February 3rd. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a fiery crash. It was a derailment that they turned into a fiery crash. Officials conducted a controlled explosion of the highly flammable toxic chemicals. Residents now worry about the health effects of these chemicals. By Melissa uh, Koenig Koenig from Daily Mail. Published February 14th, 2023. uh, Updated February 15th. And of the recording, it is February 16th. So, and this was updated at... 10 p.m. So last night, they updated this. Residents of a small town in Ohio fear for their health and safety after a huge cloud of toxic chemicals were released in a controlled explosion following a train derailment earlier this month. About 50 cars, including 10 carrying hazardous materials, derailed in a fiery crash in East Palestine at about 9 p.m. on Friday. February 3rd, homes within the one-mile area were soon evacuated as vinyl chloride was slowly released from the fi- from five of those cars. Authorities then ignited the gases for a controlled release of the highly flammable toxic chemicals in the in a controlled environment, creating a dark plume of smoke seen miles away. The evacuation orders were lifted last week with the Environmental Protection Agency reporting the area was safe. But as residents returned to their homes, some reported burning sensations, persistent coughs. Local farmers have also claimed that livestock claimed they have video evidence. Alright. Also, I like how they say fiery crash, fiery crash. They say chemicals were just leaking out. But then the local authorities ignited it, meaning the crash wasn't fiery, fuckhead. Meaning the crash was a derailment that the authorities turned into a fiery derailment. The authorities set it on fire. The crash itself was not on fire. They could have tented it. They could have bubbled it. They could have detoxed. They could have charcoaled that bitch up. There's a lot of things they could have done that they didn't do. There is negligent or purposeful intent. I don't care how anybody splits it. I do not understand how there is any one way or another about this. You're either incompetent or fucking malicious as hell for this. And I don't know which. But thank God for the internet sleuths out there who are uncovering this right now. If you want to see people at work, go to the 4chan news boards, B boards, international boards, poll, and see what's going on on those boards, man. They're fucking combing the internet for it. Fortunately, a lot of the sources people are pulling up, I don't feel credible, quite comfortable using on this show yet. But uh, when more uh, credible outlets get to it, I'll be happy to delve into it. But let's get into this. Burning sensation, a person cough, local farmers. Uh, livestock are suddenly dropping dead. As state officials say, more than 3,000 fish across seven and a half miles of streams have died. And and these fish are gonna their corpses are gonna wash down river and other animals are gonna eat them and get infected and they're gonna die. People are gonna fish in areas where they don't think this water has dead fish that have been eaten in it, and live fish are gonna get cooked and eaten by people who are gonna get sick. It's, it's there's no way this is this is just so bad. 
It has now been revealed that even more toxic chemicals were on board of the freight train than had previously been reported, as the United States Environmental Protection Agency warns that chemicals are continuing to be released to the air, surface soils, and surface waters. Christ. Look at that cloud. Chemicals leaked, vinyl chloride, leak, uh, linked to liver damage, uh, phosgene, cause breathing difficulties, uh, lithanol glycol, or lithylene glycol, uh, molybutal ether, linked to kidney damage, ethahexyl uh, acrylate, can cause dizziness and nausea, which is a lot of what people are complaining about. And isobutylene, butylene, linked to headaches, fatigue, and can cause coma in high doses. And I, I see they have this map here that, that suggests that this is the extent of the spread, but no way. No fucking way. We got a clip here. The, uh, they, they sent over the alerts over the phone. Uh, we also heard over the news. And once, you know, we, we tried to stay around as long as we could, but then the, the law came around and was, and was enforcing it. They chased us out, and then uh, we stayed at a hotel last night. And uh, I'll be staying, we'll be staying with family members for the rest of it, but otherwise that's about, that's about how it went. We didn't even learn about the evacuation until my mother called us um, to let us know that they were evacuating. We um, evacuated pretty quickly. We didn't know what was going on to a hotel in West Virginia. Yester West Virginia. Yesterday, I had to go home to pick up prescriptions. Um, the creek by my house had a very, very strong chemical smell to it. Um, I went in my house, it was worse. I gathered clothes up and left. Um, when I left, the clothes stunk so bad, even the ones that were in my dryer that I had to wash them at the hotel. My laptop for work stunk like chemicals. Um, there's definitely something going on with the water and I don't even know that I wanna go back when they lift the evacuation. As of right now, they are they're taking it, like I said, day by day. They're really not like giving a end time to anything. They're gonna be here at least the rest of the week to you know reimburse, help financially, you know, get everybody situated to where we need to be so they're really just waiting for answers themselves before you know when this whole thing will be over mm. <sighs> wow don't tell me it's safe kathy reese who lives in negley ohio just north of east palestine told wpxi of Pittsburgh last week, quote, something is going on if the fish are floating in the creek. Officials with the Ohio Department of Natural Resources have said that a chemical spill related to the train derailment killed an estimated 3,500 small fish across seven and a half miles of stream. Meanwhile, one resident of Northfolk, North Lima, my apologies, more than 10 miles away said that her five hens and roosters died suddenly after the train operator Norfolk Southern burned the cars that were carrying vinyl chloride, a known carcinogen. And Jenna 
Genois, Genois, my apologies, 39, a wedding photographer in nearby Boardman, said she has has had a persistent cough for the past week and a half. She has only been drinking bottled water and is uncomfortable using tap water to bathe. Quote, they only evacuated one mile from that space. And that's insane to me. Gino said. Who set up the Facebook page for residents to vent their frustrations and told NBC News, quote, I'm concerned with the long-term health impacts. She added, quote, it's just a mess. Seal Cagano, a hazardous material specialist and former fire department chief, also said he was surprised residents were allowed to return home so quickly before all of their homes were tested. Quote, I would have far rather they did all the testing first, he said. There's a lot of what if that are going to be looking that we're going to be looking into the at, into at this thing five, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the line, and wondering, gee, cancer clusters could pop up, you know? Well, water could go bad. Well, water could go bad, as in like drinking wells, not the uh, conjecture. He added, "quote We basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open." And by the way, how coincidental is it that Joe Biden and the railroads have been arguing back and forth with the railroad workers, constantly going on and off again on strikes now with the big one of the biggest railroad companies is dealing with this? This reeks of high hell, man. Look at these fucking pictures. This is Ohio, man. Like I know the memes right down in Ohio and all that, but really looks like they nuked a town. Well, maybe bombed, but nuke might be a little extreme. Look at this. For those listening, you'll get nothing out of this, but it's just fire. Clouds. All that cloud is just chemicals, man. Jesus Christ. You might want to start wearing gas masks if you're around here. I'm not kidding. Actually, I came for mask wearing, at least on a voluntary basis. My God. Ooh. Others have taken matters into their own hands with the manager of the Kindred Spirits Rescue Ranch evacuating 77 of their largest animals, including a yak and zebu, zebu, for two days last week. Quote, we could see a plume come over us. Uh, founder Lisa Marie Sapko said, our eyes were burning, our face could feel it. And the Ohio Farm Bureau found, uh, Federation is urging its members to go get water from their local wells tested immediately. There are some levels of frustration out there among farmers. The organiza- the organization's director, Nick Kennedy, told ABC News, probably this is my eye. Ooh. Quote, they just want answers. Their livelihoods might be at stake here. State and federal officials, though have denied 
that there is any threat to the residents and animals in the area. That's why the hazmat hazmat suits are all on, right? Because it's totally safe for everybody. Authorities had said the chemicals like vinyl chloride and hydrogen chloride had the potential to be deadly, but that risk was mitigated with a controlled explosion last week. Once that controlled burn was complete, the only risk of coming in contact with the toxin was if they were embedded in embedded in the soil, which then had to be dug out. Kevin uh, Kevin Christ, a professor of chemical and biomolecular engineering and the director of Ohio University Air Quality Center told ABC News I don't know man, it gets into the soil if plants can grow, plants grow you eat the plants, the shit's in the plants there's just no end to, to, to how this gets into you the Environmental Protection Agency has since reported that the air and water samples collected in the region we're within acceptable limits. Fuck off. I just don't buy it, man. It's a gut feeling telling me that that's wrong. And announced, an, sorry, and announced Monday evening that it was not yet detected any concerning levels of toxins in air quality. It has screened 291 homes near the crash site as well as local schools and the community library and has not detected any levels of vinyl chloride or hydrogen chloride. Officials with the department said, but as of Monday, 181 homes in the area still need to be tested as the Columbia County Health Department awaits the results of groundwater testing. And Andrew Welton, a professor of environmental and ecological engineering at Purdue University, said it is possible to burn, uh, that the burn created additional compounds that the EPA might not be testing for. Yeah, no shit! Officials have already said the controlled explosion released toxins like phosgene and hydrogen chloride in large flumes of smoke. Oh my god. These are big tubes of sulfur. Just more videos. This thing is burned for days. To my saying, part of it might still be on fire. But I don't know for certain. Meanwhile, nearly re newly released documents from Norfolk Southern show that more chemicals than were previously reported were being transported on the freight train, making its way from Illinois to Pennsylvania. Among those substances were uh, euthylene glycol uh, monobutyl ether, uh, ethahexanol, Acrylate and isobutylene. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that contact with ethahexyl acrylate, a known carcinogen, can cause just uh, burning and irritation of the skin, eyes, and while in and while inhalation of the substance can irritate the nose and throat, causing soreness, a uh, shortness of breath, and coughing. Now we've read through the symptoms before. Scroll down here a little bit. Again, comments are in the description below. 
for lawsuits have now four lawsuits have now been filed against the rail operator Norfolk Southern, including one which alleges the derailment was caused by negligence. That suit is demanding that the railroad operator pay medical screenings and related care for anyone living within 30-mile radius of the crash. Officials have said some of the toxins spilled into the Ohio River near the northern panhandle of West Virginia, causing officials there to shut down the water production in the area and transfer to an alternative source of water supply, Governor Jim Justice said. He emphasized everything is fine due to immediate action from... from agencies like the State Department and Environmental Protection and National Guard. Still, water quality companies, West Virginia um, America, West Virginia American Water is continuing to enhance its water treatment processes and precautions. It also installed secondary intake uh, guided river in case there's a there's a need to switch to an alternate water source. The utility noted that there hasn't been any change in raw water at its Ohio River intake. The health and safety of our customer is a priority, and there currently is no drinking water advisories in place for customers, the company said in a statement. Hmm. A town hall has been scheduled for Wednesday night following his pass on. This part has already happened. Now, there was that meeting got canceled, and they rescheduled for today, Thursday, actually. Now, what happened with that one? Oh, you're shitting me. Look at that. Hold on. Okay, so interesting. I was I was under the assumption that it had rescheduled today, but apparently I'm fully mistaken on that. Because they've rescheduled this meeting a few times, and I see right here, right, this is what's on the front page of Ground News earlier, and that's what... You know, I'm looking for articles to put together more updated information about this. And I see this. I scroll down here. I see the Newsweek article from 50 minutes ago. And I click it. It's from yesterday on the 15th. It is currently the 16th. So I'm a little confused as to what to do with that is. But we'll get past it. My apologies, folks. News from Newsweek. A rail company in Ohio toxic spill backs out of town hall over threat. Hmm. Sorry, we ruined your town. Uh, fuck you. Moving on. Article by Caitlin Lewis. Let me close this. Northwest Southern Railroad Railway announced that it will not attend the town hall scheduled for Wednesday night in East Palestine, Ohio, fearing, quote, the growing physical threat to its employees. The meeting is set to be held nearly two weeks after Northfolk. Pardon me. Norfolk Southern train derailed near the village of East in eastern Ohio, igniting a major fire. Uh, no, again, the employees and the local authorities ignited a fire. Get it right. And ultimately leading to a controlled release of toxin chemicals abo- abroad. I don't know if that's uh, controlled. East Palestine Mayor Trent Conaway said the town hall offers a chance for residents to ask questions and express their concerns regarding the derailment. In a statement obtained by Newsweek, however, Norfolk Southern announced it will not be attending due to heightened physical threats to its employees. Fucking assholes. Quote, Today, we hope to join local, state, and federal officials at a town hall 
to update the East Palestine community on the steps we are taking to thoroughly, responsibly, and safely clean up the accident site and provide the the latest results from ongoing water and air testing. Read the statement, quote, We also wanted to be available to provide information to re- and on resources from our family assistance center. Quote, At the same time, we know that many rightfully angry and frust- are rightfully angry and frustrated right now. Unfortunately, after consulting with community leaders, we have become increasingly concerned about the growing physical threat to our employees and members of the community around this event. Streaming, uh, damn, hold on. My apologies. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, for, uh, frustrated right now. Unfortunately, after consulting with community leaders, we have become increasingly concerned about the growing physical threat to our employees and members of the community around this event, stemming from the increasing likelihood of par- participation of outside parties. Like who? With that in mind, Norfolk Southern will not be attending this evening. Newsweek was unable to identify when or where Norfolk Southern employees have been threatened. Probably because it hasn't happened and they don't want to deal with the consequences of it. And they're hoping the government comes and bails them out, which just does not seem to be happening. The government's also hiding from this, as we'll get into very shortly. Residents in the surrounding area of the crash site were ordered to evacuate for several days as officials worked to release hazardous materials, but... We're told it was safe to return home on February 8th after air quality in the area showed readings, quote, below safety safety screen levels for containment concerns. Fuck off. And now this is a lot of what we've seen. I'm going to scroll down here a little bit. While the EPA said uh, that it continues to conduct air quality monitoring around the clock, worries about the safety of communities near the derailment persist. On Tuesday, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro sent a letter to Norfolk Southern CEO Alan Shaw with a list of concerns uh, the Democratic leader has over the company's handling of the derailment. West Virginia Emergency Management Division also released a statement that officials had detected low levels of butyl acrylate in the Ohio River. By the way, they detected it in West Virginia. It's traveling. Keep that in mind. And recommended out of an abundance of caution to shut down all water intakes until additional information could be obtained. That is a big ask. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine told East Palestine residents at a news conference Tuesday that while he would likely return home if he were in a similar situation, he would also, quote, be drinking bottled water. Adding, quote, and I would be continuing to find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. I would be alert and concerned, DeWine said, quote, but I think it would probably be, I think I would probably be back in my house. Absolutely not, no. Let's check this out. This is a breaking story. Breaking residents urge to shelter in place and turn off air conditioners and Tucson, Arizona, after a truck stuck carrying hazardous materials overturned. Now, unfortunately, I don't have the time to do a whole dive into this. I wish, I really wish I did, but I have to, I have to get ready for work in like 45 minutes. And this has to get rendered and uploaded, and I still got two more things to show you. So, but check this out. Look at that shit. Another train derailment, huh? No. 
This is nitrous oxide, from what I've gathered. Poisonous if inhalated. This is just going. Semi's just carrying the shit. Oh, Where's it going and why is it going there? You know, those are the questions you have to ask yourself. First, Ohio, Texas, Nebraska, and then this. Are we under attack? Well, your mom, you probably have a point. Aliens has the spill school shootings. It's almost like the Epstein client list is going to go public or something. Ooh! Big points. I didn't even need to talk about that, too. It slipped my mind, actually. Ohio congressman slams blame game after Buttigieg passes buck on derailed train in East Palestine. ...about whether it's safe for them. Also breaking tonight, angry and fearful residents in East Palestine, Ohio, are demanding answers about whether it's safe for them 12 days after the derailment of that train carrying toxic chemicals and then the burning... Toxic plumes of those chemicals, the smoke going into the air. They will try to get some of those answers in about an hour at a special town hall. This comes as many residents complain of health problems, and the state reports the death of 3,500 fish. Residents are being told to drink bottled water tonight. Correspondent Garrett Tenney is in East Palestine. I'm just taking samples, and as you can see, it's covered. Almost two weeks after the East Palestine train derailment, Debbie Foster's home next to the tracks is still covered in dust and ash. She's collecting her own samples to send to a lab for testing because, like a lot of folks here, she doesn't trust officials who say it's safe to come home and that the health risks are over. I have sore throat, um, headaches. My husband still has a headache. To be honest with you, um, I do not feel anywhere in this town is safe. Despite those concerns, the EPA and other officials maintain the air, soil, and water tested so far are safe. All we can do is give people the best information that we have, the best scientists we have. The data shows that there are no elevated levels, and we're relying heavily on that data, and we want the community to know and have access to that data. But that data doesn't explain why dozens of people in the area say they continue to experience symptoms associated with the spilled chemicals. We're not safe. Tell us the truth. Oh, absolutely. I will not live in this town. I will be a movie. I'm not stupid. None of us are. Don't play yeah. us. New surveillance video shows the Norfolk Southern train 40 minutes before it derailed. Passing through the town of Salem, you can see what the NTSB believes caused the accident. An overheated wheel bearing, glowing and creating sparks on tracks. Investigators are now looking into why the train's operators and sensors didn't detect the issue until it was too late. There is so much interest in this open house event tonight that some folks started showing up two and a half hours early to make sure they get in and have a chance to try to get their questions answered. One party that won't be there is the railway responsible for this disaster. Norfolk Southern tells us its representatives won't be attending due to growing concerns about physical threats against them. Brett, we'll be there. Garrett, thank you. Wild. I just, I don't buy the, uh, the threats against them. Sure, maybe you can find some comments in a Twitter thing, but I bet if you did a background check into those comments and the source of those comments, you would not find any credible source for them. I'm just real cynical of that. Oh, we're threatened. Yeah, right, well, maybe. But let's get into this, and then we have one video to watch after we get done with this, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, when I get home, I'll probably record uh, more about the Arizona one, but I have to look more into it myself. It just came to my attention. A congressman representing East Palestine, Ohio, is slamming Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg 
after he shifted a portion of the blame for the derailed train carrying toxic chemicals to the Trump administration as well as Congress and white construction workers. I don't have time to get into that article. I'll make it its own episode to make up for it. Buttigieg said on Tuesday that his agency has been uh, constrained by the Trump administration, stating that the Department of Transportation in 2018 withdrew a proposed rule that would require trains carrying some dangerous chemicals to use electronically controlled uh, pneumatic uh, brakes. Uh, ECP. I thought, according to you, Buttigieg, isn't everything supposed to be better if it's electric? And again, for a guy who was like, well, when me and the the adults get back into the room, it'll be back to business as usual, and we'll get get everything fixed and working again. Damn, dog. Your your whole administration's really fucked up. Trump puts bans on firearms, and Buttigieg, you couldn't even get a ban on a firearm through, and you tried. Trump gets bump stocks banned for effectively four and a half, five fucking years, basically, before the Supreme Court overrules on that shit. And Roe v. Wade gets overturned under Biden? Yeah, y'all doing a bang-up job. And now you're saying, oh, Trump's fucking policies, man, it's just so ironclad. You're just endorsing him. You mean mean he's making policies that actually last through, you know, fucking uh, presidential administrations that they can't overrule? Damn. It's been a while since we've seen that before. Quote, we're constrained by law on some areas of rail regulations, like the breaking rule withdraw by the Trump administration in 2018 because of the law passed by Congress in 2015. But we are using the powers we do uh, we do have to keep people safe, Buttigieg tweeted. Uh-huh. Rep. Bill Johnson, Republican from Ohio, fired back in a statement to Fox News Digital saying that he's going to stay focused on concerns of East Palestine residents rather than playing the blame game. Quote, If someone wants to play the blame game now, that's their decision, but I'm going to stay focused on the residents of East Palestine and the tasks at hand, Johnson said. Right now, I'm focused on making sure the residents of East Palestine are safe, secure, and get the help they need and have their questions answered. The ongoing cleanup efforts must be completed and the ongoing air and water testing must continue right now. We need to let the investigators with the NTSB do their job and determine the cause of the crash on Wednesday. Johnson invited Buttigieg to a scheduled town hall in East Palestine at 7 p.m. Quote, at Secretary Pete, hope to see you soon. At ten, uh, tonight at Town Hall in, quote, hashtag East Palestine. I'll save a seat for you. It's past time for you to hear the concerns of residents affected by the train derailment, Johnson said. You have the tweet right here. The train with 50 cars, 10 carrying the derailment caused hazardous chemicals to spill into the ground that were set a plume. Read that. A controlled release of chemicals was conducted in the days after the derailment caused a risk a major explosion, officials said. Residents were evacuated before the controlled release uh, was were, uh, was performed. While the Ohio Environment Protection Agency and Ohio officials said that both the air and water in East Palestine are safe, residents are reporting various health issues. It's true. East Palestine resident Nathan Iztik is Iztik? Okay. Iztik. And his wife, Kelly, said on Tucker Carlson tonight that they are experiencing chemical impacts firsthand. Quote, we are seeing, seeing them locally inside of our bodies. Uh, 
We are experiencing local fish in our creeks have died. Oily sheen of coloration in our water. The constant smell of burning plastic and chemicals in the air. The issues with our dog vomiting, acting lethargic. It's scary stuff here, is a tick said. Yeah, I bet. Nathan Vallis, another resident of East Palestine, said he's experiencing persistent headaches. Quote, my house is just across from the tracks. It smells too. You can spend a lot of time here without feeling like crap. You can't spend a lot of time here without feeling like crap. And my question is, why? If it's okay, if, if it's okay and it's safe, and all the people say it's safe, if it's so safe and okay, then why does this hurt? Fucking A, right. A spokesperson for the Department of Transportation told Fox News Digital that the Federal Railroad Administration and the Pipe and Hazardous Waste Safety Administration staff were on the ground within hours of the derailment and the EPA Regional Administration and the EPA Administration are visiting National Transportation Safety Board is leading the investigator and do not... And, sorry, and the DOT, Department of Transportation, is... In the supporting role, Fox uh, Fox News, Chris uh, Pendolofo and Ashley Carahan contributed to this report. Now we're going to go to the last part of this episode, a video here with an interview Dirk Carlson did with one of the farmers who's experiencing, well, her fucking animal's dying. So I couldn't find the interview I was originally looking for, but I found two interviews that I think you will find of interest. One being this one we're going to watch now with the gentleman we just read the first-hand account of. And for that reason, we're grateful to be joined right now by Nathan Izotic. He is a resident of East Palestine. He lives just two miles from where it happened, and he joins us now with his wife, Kelly. Thank you both so much for joining us. Are you um, concerned about being there right now? Yes, we are. Very. Very. I bet you are. Are you seeing effects? I mean, it seems from our perspective, hundreds of miles away, like there are dangerous chemicals in your town. Are you seeing the effects of that? Uh, we are seeing them uh, locally. Uh, inside of our bodies, what we're experiencing. Uh, local fish in our creeks have died. Uh, uh, oily sheens and coloration in our water. Um, constant smell of burning plastics and chemicals in the air. Um, issues with our dog uh, vomiting, acting lethargic. Um, it's, it, it's scary stuff here, Tucker. Well, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. It's a nightmare. And again, if that had happened in Washington, D.C., no one would be living there right now. Is there any federal presence? Are you getting the sense that anybody to whom you send your tax dollars every year cares about what happens to you? At this moment, unfortunately not. No. So there, there are no EPA officials in hazmat suits, no one from the Department of Transportation you know, walking around trying to figure out how this happened, how to prevent it again, that you have seen? Nobody's knocking on our door. <laughs> how many of your neighbors are still there? Um, our neighbor across the street and our next-door neighbor, uh, they came back on this past Saturday as well when we returned back home. And uh, that was days after when they said it was safe to return, and we still didn't feel comfortable. And as soon as we uh, got into the Ohio line, we immediately smelled the chemicals yet again. And uh, since then, I now have uh, the chemical burns and reaction rash on my face, and my throat is getting irritated again, and uh, feeling very uneasy, very uneasy. Man, I, I'm so sorry. And I, I'm just assuming, looking at the numbers, I've never been to East Palestine, but it looks like a lot of people there probably don't have anywhere else to go. That's just the thing. Um, we actually just moved here last last May and got a nice 14 acre property, a place to kind of call our final home, you know, and uh, we're out outskirts of the town where the incident happened, but in town, I mean, it's a very small knit area and uh, yeah. a lot of them are lower class and low income and 
fortunately, we had a place to go on Sunday um, whenever we got the two-mile evacuation order. But um, a lot of those families, unfortunately, didn't. And this should have happened on Friday, you know, whenever... When the initial crash when happened. The initial, when it yeah. initially happened. And the chemicals were, for whatever reason, not released or, or known. And in my opinion and in my industry, there's a paper trail with anything, you know, especially when it comes to rail cars. There are FDSs, there are man manifests, and right. even if they didn't know, benefit, benefit of the doubt, what happened then, it's a simple call to the producer, and they can have it to you in minutes. So well, there, there's a lot of fishy stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. They, they know what's in their rail cars. Of course they do. Uh, Nathan Kelly, thank you for joining us in Godspeed in East Palestine. Thank you. All right. We're going to move on to the next interview. Yep, right here. Nick Sortor is a video journalist who is on the ground there in East Palestine, Ohio. He's spoken to business owners and residents of the town. He joins us now. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it makes me feel bad we're not there, but thank we're glad that, that you are. What's your assessment of the town right now? So what's going on on the ground is is a little bit different from what you might see in the media. Uh, the mm -hmm. sentiment from the residents seems to be that they are super annoyed at how the federal government, how the Biden administration in particular, is handling this situation. You have uh, the EPA in particular, they won't talk to any of the residents. You have people that are right up there. I spoke with a, 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 a small business owner that was, uh, their business was right in front of where the explosion was. They can't get anything out of the EPA. The federal government came in for a few days, took over their entire business, would not let them in, okay? but also wouldn't talk to them and wouldn't give them a plan, wouldn't tell them anything. And that's exactly how it's going for everybody that's in this town. So they don't know if they're going to be abandoned by the federal government, and, and, and they don't know if their town's going to be wiped off the map. And, and it's, it's really sad when you're talking to these people because they are terrified that this town that they grew up in, that they've lived in for their entire lives, is, is going to be uh, completely uh, demolished by people having to leave, people scared to even come back to the town. Uh, there, there, there's a myriad of people that do not believe the EPA's assessment that the town is okay to go back into. So they just haven't bothered. And, and that is a really scary thing to think that the federal government cannot be trusted enough to be able to tell us whether or not it's safe to go in an area like this. Well, they forced the COVID vaccines on the country, so I think they can't be trusted. But I'm just interested yeah. as a factual matter. It, it, is the EPA tracking where this cloud of chemicals went? I mean, it, it was a local problem. It became a regional problem. Do we have any information on the effects of, of those clouds of chemicals? Yeah, so Tucker, the EPA is not releasing a lot of the data that, uh, that they've supposedly been collecting. They were supposed to release data last week uh, on water samples, right? How, how was the water supply uh, contaminated? Was groundwater contaminated? They have not done any of that, okay? That's another thing that residents are, are, are complaining about a lot because they don't even know if they can trust their own uh, tap water. They don't want to turn on their taps. A lot of these people do have wells, but they have no clue if their groundwater has been contaminated. It's, it's just so, I mean, it's how beyond belief. Like this is America. This is a first world country. I mean, yeah, or, or was. Nick Sorter, I sure appreciate that report from the scene in East Palestine, Ohio. Thank you. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Inside Four Walls. I will be keeping up with this story, and I'll be doing more recording on this topic, as well as the Arizona train as soon as I get home from work. I, my shift starts at 11.30. It is 9.55 now. So I got to get this episode up and going. Sorry, there's not much more for me to say at the end here. I have a lot more I want to say, though. But all right, guys. Uh, you know the routine. I will talk to you guys later. Deuce.